This is a podcast about just opinions. Hey, yo, this is what it is. This is what I think. We all have kind of outlandish takes. Like, don't at me. If there's other free-form stuff that comes with it, we cover that, too. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. We're live. Don't at me. What is it? Uh, fr- Saturday night. Recording this on a Saturday night. How are y'all feeling today? We got Jock and Gary in today. Chance MIA. Yeah, what up, people? You know, it's your boy once again, JLC. <laughs> your boy once again. <laughs> Chance MIA. It, it's the first time on the podcast, but I doubt, highly doubt, it'll be the last time. Literally don't know where he's at. Got Jock and Gary in the house. Gary, how you doing today? Man, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah. Hey, man, I was want to say, man, like, shout out to these mics, bro. This shit is super official. It's cool, you know right? I mean? We each like, have our own is, mouthpiece now. Yeah, man, shit's cool, man. Like, humble beginnings. Like, now, like, shit's, like, really, you know, moving forward. Well, we started with the uh, the mobile stew, you know, and uh, we'd go post up at Spots Park. We would uh. record there with the one, what, snowball microphone with all the cars getting broken into <laughs> yeah. y'all yeah y'all's almost got with busted a, into like real like at first you were kind of joking about it like oh <clears throat> hey y'all might want to move y'all's cars or i think jock even said that right yeah. when i parked I you're like bro right. hey hey move your shit i was like all right whatever i didn't think too much about it cause i think i would park like a block down right so i ended up linking up with jock he's like hey move over here towards me what's crazy is even those spots were still about three or four blocks or no a few spots away from you to the point where I think bold. your car was facing the opposite bold. direction. And two dudes were so bold to where, like, they dead ass, after we parked, had the nerve to, like, literally make full rotations around both of me and Jock's cars. They said they were trying to appraise your trade, though. Yeah, they're asking nah. for actually auto insurance. Like, hey, man, you can make your insurance a little cheaper. <laughs> they were like, nah, they were like, uh, to break in. They were like hey, do you have Comcast for your internet? Don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah, I do. God, Walmart. Man. You know what I say now? I just fuck with them. I say, oh, no, I'm in a uh, one of those minimalist colonies. I don't have any internet. I have consolidated. And they just get kind of confused. They don't really ask me any questions. Or you like, can say, well, right, have a nice day. Yeah. You can say you're Mormon. Could work. Mormon. You got to wear like the clothes and everything. I find that offensive. <laughs> Nowadays, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I get it. I'd probably win some kind of lawsuit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the uh, Rockets Lakers game playing in the background. It's first time we've spoken since uh, last week. Last week being the Chiefs Texans game. Yeah, let's uh, so, not talk about that. That's uh, that, that know, was crazy. <laughs> the reason I bring that up. Uh-huh. When the game, look, I know this isn't breaking news because it's been a week now, but I've even thought about it more. Pivotal moment, Texans are up 21-0. It's fourth down. They kick the field goal. They go up 24 On the 13. I would have gone for it there. What's crazy is, uh, I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking when, like you said, it's it's a pivotal moment. You're up 21-0. I mean, at that point, I guess they're thinking, take the points. Playing a little more conservative right there, but why would you play conservative at that point? If the and next drive after a KC score, you're going to decide to go for it on your 30, four, I think fourth and three. Something so like that. Didn't make any sense. Well, so I was listening to uh, what's it called? The GM Shuffle, Michael Lombardi podcast. And he was saying his take on it, it looked like O'Brien thought they had a first down. So he was trotting the offense out there for a first down play. When all of a sudden he realized it was fourth down, 
and he says, "Oh shit, calls timeout." And he kicked the field goal. Didn't even think about it. He was he was determined to score on every possession right. that he could, taking the points. Yeah. Which Me, honestly, yeah. I would have gone for it. You know, I know that that's like a lot of fans. Oh, go for it, go for it. You know, and and he was even saying like, look, it, that. They never decide. They never even thought about going for it from his estimation. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's just something mentally different from a 24 point deficit versus a 28 point yeah, deficit. Yeah, yeah I've sure. seen so many Facts. teams come back from 24 down. I don't really recall many coming back from 28 down. I mean, yeah, you have Bills and Oilers, whatever. But there's just something mentally. I think if you're four touchdowns down. Your asshole a, clinches a little bit tighter. It, it, it's, it's a little more 24 <laughs> zero yeah, because that's technically three possessions. <laughs> Worst case scenario, that's three touchdowns. I think it's more of like a like a dagger shot in the yeah. NBA. It's kind of ices the game early. Yeah. And also, you have Mahomes, and you know, I'll be honest, man. He, he's one of the greatest younger quarterbacks that's that's coming around now. As far as like right arm strength, his you know intelligence, everything. Like he's a pretty good dude. So like, if anybody can come back, he will be the one to bring them back. You know. So I I had a feeling. I was like, you know, they're up twenty four right. zero, but like something felt funny, you know. And, and it was then, fast. Bam. Couple of reasons I would have gone for it. One, if you fail, they're on the thirteen. Yeah, they get a momentum flip there, but you don't put the ball in a dangerous return man's hands. Hardman set up that the comeback. True. That return that was like I mean, a fifty four yard a, return. Yeah. It was that was, you know, and then they score like what, two plays later? Yep. That was quick, you know? Mm-hmm. Then the next possession, like you said, the fourth down mm-hmm. where they didn't go for it. Or where they did go, go for, for it. it. Yeah. Like you said, like the philosophy change was just kind of like, what are you doing? The big problem that he had there, according to Lombardi, was more of a personnel issue. It was more of, okay, had you had somebody else out there that could have broken one tackle – that play is huge. There was, I thought he was gone. When yeah, he hiked the ball, I was like, oh, yeah, he, shit. He, he did look wide open. It was, it was nothing but green grass. And so. that dude closed in on him. I didn't see um, – I, I wasn't paying attention to it much, but apparently he was running a lot before. So he kind of gave it – he kind of had his tell. Like he kind of gave it away. Um, and that's how that Sorensen was able to find him. But then next thing you know, uh, <laughs> they're down – on their what thirty, yeah. about to go in right, and punch yeah, it twenty four fourteen. Once they scored, then it was over in my head. I was like, yeah, they're gonna find a way to come back. Because sure enough, guy fumbles the next play, and which how does that happen? Like yeah. when they when they popped, oh boy, <laughs> and the ball just like magically. I just had a feeling like yeah. when it flew up and the Chiefs guy got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even surprised. It was just like, oh, of okay. course. Here, here we of go. Of course. <laughs> like if if it would happen. It would happen to the Texans. You know what I right. mean? Like, I'm not <laughs> – which is, like, yeah. it's bad. But, like, I, uh, for one moment I thought, like, okay, damn, Texans are about to do this shit. Like, they were scoring fast and shit like that. But then something hit me, like, you know what? The Chiefs are not going to stay down for long. They're going to turn this shit around. So you should try to score as many points as you can. So, yeah, I feel like uh, Brian should have definitely been more aggressive with his, his play calling, you know. Try to be a little conservative on the yeah uh, that one aspect. I'm like, come on, bro. You're, you're playing the Chiefs. And there's just no you're, you're, you're already underdogs at that, you know? So Texans, to me, just don't have an identity. There's tons of talent, but it's, you know, it, it's like just put the ball more. I, I feel like they don't – the play con's awful. I yeah. mean, you could always say let's fire O'Brien, get somebody else. Isn't O'Brien the, – isn't he the GM too, though? He's set. He's yeah. a made man yeah, right he's, now. He's not leaving. Yeah. yeah. But my thing is like – Okay, he's fine. People always point to, oh, you know, they won the division, what, four out of five years? 
So give him credit for that. Sure. But like Ron Rivera in Carolina, I feel like you can have a pretty good coach that just still isn't going to give you enough to get you over the hump. And that's what I feel like with O'Brien. I feel like his biggest problem is understanding the ebbs and flows of the game, you know, managing the game, knowing what you have in front of you. I feel like he just – He's not a great decision maker, and to me, that shows in the most pivotal of moments. Even against Andy Reid, who people are critical of, Andy Reid—he's he's, he's notorious for, for choking in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. And so this time, you know, I was kind of torn, right? Because Andy Reid's been in the game for a while. We all know him with the Eagles, how he had his, you know, run Don McNabb and uh, Michael Vick, you know, may have it. And so to see him actually, like, okay, like he may legitimately have like a chance to to go further than what we ever seen. Like that's that's pretty dope. Just for me being this old school like NFL fan, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean the I mean Donovan McNabb, T.O. Eagles. They, I mean they made the Super Bowl. They got spanked by the Patriots, but yeah. still win. But the Patriots are no more now, as of right now. Well, they'll they'll bounce back. I mean, I just can't see Brady time going tell. anywhere else. I mean, I think right now he's trying to hold their feet to the fire, give me some weapons. There's really not many alternatives out there that I think are as good or better than the Pats. I mean, you could argue maybe the Titans, but I think they'll keep Tannehill. That's not to suggest that he's better than Brady, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you have somebody that fits the bill, they fit the bill. He's definitely right. like, he, he played for his contract. Next he year, earned so. it. He earned it. You know, the Colts... Or another one that I would say, hmm, that'd be interesting, but I can't see him going to Manning's old house. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He's not going to do that. And speaking on the Patriots, just to kind of like like a side note, you guys should check out the uh, Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary. On, I haven't um, seen it yet. I, I heard you watched it? it? I watched it. I that shit is it. fucking crazy. Yeah, a lot of people at work were talking about it. He was fucking fucking. Oh, boy. Like, boy pussy? All pussy. <laughs> <laughs> like, both. It's like, damn. So but they no, like, they like, show that shit? I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say too much. You know what I mean for the viewers out there and listeners. Like, you just need to watch it, and it'll give you like a different like perspective on things. I still don't feel bad for him at all for what he did if he did yeah, do that shit. But he had a fucked up like upbringing. Mm-hmm. Not, I heard it was his dad. He wasn't brought mm-hmm. from the hood. He stayed like in a good area. First of all, suburbs of Florida, suburban. Yeah, a good area. It just the people that are around him. That, that's what fucked him up. That's know? usually what it is, and I mean, I get it. Like you said, I don't at all condone it but i mean i get look you know i i don't know his story but i can easily see you know you can be in a suburb situation where you might get picked on or bullied or something like that and you're trying to find somebody anybody to posse up with well here's the thing he didn't change until he went to florida that's when he started fucking changing he started hanging around different people there like when his dad, when he was at home, like, he was good, but it's like he didn't have enough positive support, like, around him. Right. So he wasn't making, like, he was making rational decisions with stuff, and nobody was, like, stopping him, like, hey, boy, you need to chill with this right. or whatever, you know? So that that's a lot that played a part in it. That I mean, that whole story is nuts, and it's it's crazy to believe that it was, what, seven years ago He was now? only 22 or 23, bro. It's insane. And, I mean... Can you imagine being that young, getting paid that much money? He was set, and I mean, yeah, he, he I think he just signed. It, it, a matter of fact, he just contract. signed. Yeah, he just signed a, like a max deal with the uh, with the Patriots. It was that like a year, five year, year before something ridiculous. Yep. And I mean, it's like I mean, to imagine know you have all of that future in front if, of you. If you think about it, um, if that Aaron Hernandez situation didn't occur, would there ever be Gronk, the Gronk legacy that it is today? If you think about I it, I don't know. It would have been split. It, it, it would have minimized it. I mean, it, it would have it it cut it in half. You know? half, half 
touchdowns. Now, I will say they were used differently. You know, the way that they used Gronk or used Gronk at the end is how they used him in the beginning. With Hernandez, they would start. They started getting kind of creative with him. They started treating him more like a weapon. Mm. And this sounds kind of silly, but I feel like they like would a almost, Taysom Hill. I was just gonna say, just yeah. like a Taysom Hill, where you know he might get a handoff, he might be in the backfield as a as a running back, but he's actually going out for like you know a wheel route. A receiver. They started doing some of that, and I mean he was much more of like a you know receiving tight end. But yeah. it's crazy to think. I yeah, mean, he was he like a hybrid for sure in the t- in the in the Super Bowl. You know, against the Giants, Super Bowl uh, in 2011. Can you imagine the, the time that he scored in a Super Bowl? I think he wasn't even legal yet to drink. I think he was like 20 or something like that. That shit Probably blows my mind. Like that, right? I, it blows my mind, like, the amount of talent he had. Yeah, of course, he was a fucked up individual because stuff that played out in his life. But football fucked him up, too. When you get hit that many times in the head, CT, CT is fucking real. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's an excuse, but that shit is it, it's really... You know what I feel like with the whole CTE thing, though? The thing that I feel like is the most underrepresented? People never want to talk about, like, opioid abuse. Like, they'll talk about, oh, all these hits to the head. And, yeah, hits to the head are Mm -hmm. awful. You know, I, I mean... You get CTE from that, but if you think about all how these, these players are coping with these injuries, yeah, or I mean, like you know, like think about exactly, while Gary. they play, they're in the back at halftime getting shots, Shot or whatever, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and then they're back out there taking pain pills. I mean, shit, look at Favre; he got kind of hooked on them for a while. Mm-hmm. He did, and yep. you know, people that get addicted to opioids. I, I mean, I'm no science expert or whatever, but you know, people have withdrawals; they'll have those bad thoughts you know those reckless thoughts yeah you, so i think like a lot of the suicides i feel like might be more attributable to that versus cte i'm not saying that cte doesn't cause problems but i feel like people completely ignore the opioid the side of it. no so, you're right you're definitely right and with that being said would you say that ricky williams was actually ahead of his time if you think about it he was the biggest proponent for medical marijuana you know what Yet, yes mm-hmm. I um I remember watching. And he was treated. He was treated like he was a pariah. The like he yeah, was like, oh, this dealer. guy's a thug. Yeah, a druggie, and he ignorance. wasn't at all. Yeah. There's at all. ignorance. He was you a know? smart man. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember watching the um, was it Thirty for Thirty or some E60. Yeah, One of those E60. they did on him and his whole mm-hmm. life, and you know his desire for uh, medicinal marijuana and just you know fighting for what he believed in. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he retires, and people are like, oh, what an idiot! How do you mm-hmm. Leave all of this behind yeah, for, for weed. For weed. You know, but it's it's more fighting for a lifestyle, fighting for what you believe in, mm-hmm. fighting for his, you know, not even religion, mm-hmm. but just kind of his own zen. His, his own culture, his own, like you said, like what he feels that's right in his heart, you know. And his at the values. end of the day, you, you're living for you. NFL is not forever. It's one wrong hit, right. one wrong something, and you're fucking done. So, honestly, I recommend people that retire early, like Marshawn. Uh, the Keekly, guy from Keekly. Keekly as well. well yeah, yeah. that kind of crazy? Calvin Johnson, crazy. Calvin Barry Johnson. Sanders. Barry Sanders was the first. And there was a guy from uh, crazy. the 49ers, forgot his name. He retired Patrick early. Willis, Chris yeah. Borland. Yeah, Chris Borland, yeah. Both of them. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. it's crazy, the uh, early retirees. Mm-hmm. Um, I commend them. Based on all the, like you said, like the concerns for their health. Mm-hmm. They want to have their head when they're older. You know, I but, get all that. Because they know that at the end of the day, they're just an expense. You know what I mean? Like, right. NFL is a business. So, if something were to happen to them, you think the owners really care? Like, they care somewhat, but not really because they're, they're expendable. They just get somebody right. else 
from college or whatever and bam replace you and i mean as pragmatic and and uh just flat out cutthroat as it is any business kind of sees it that way you know somebody quits hey we can't hold their feet to the fire we can't keep them here we can't bind them here you know so if they want to go somewhere else they go somewhere else so in a way you almost do treat it as an asset you know well we need somebody to fill this role we need to you know come in and bring in candidates for who can be our next receiver or running back or who or whatever so i mean the second one is kind of no longer ready or can't get the job done anymore they cut them loose it kind of does mimic a corporate environment to a sense where hey you're not getting the job done as cutthroat as it is this is a job at the end of the day and you're really not fulfilling your new your duties that's why i respect Le'Veon bill i respect everybody that's really trying to get the bag like, you know what? I'm going to get the most money I can. I'm going to squeeze as much as I can out of y'all. Because right. I know y'all don't really give a fuck about me when it comes down to it. Like you said, like living in yeah. America, every company, no matter what profession it is, it's all going to be the same in their, in their realm. Like, it's a business. The wheel's yeah. going to keep spinning regardless. Whenever you do, because you live in America, you know, it's very capitalistic out here, of course, you know. So that's just how it is. I think he, I mean, I, I'm fine with him on that, on that uh, corner, that stance. But he made the mistake because he lost money he's never going to get again. You know, I mean, he, he ended up getting... But, but, but he's tried to stand for something that was right, right though, you know? Right. So, yeah. But I hear you, I hear you. What, what was it, uh, David Irving? Was that, was, uh, was that the Cowboys guy that retired before the season started? I'm actually not too sure. We got to look that up. Maybe, you know, some of you viewers can look that up for us. I think it was, what, this time last year where David Irving retired because yeah, he got yeah, hit for a test. Right. He said, was, I'm just going to smoke. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was before. I think that was right before last season. I think it and, was. And you know what? Honestly, we don't know what these guys are doing with their money as well. So they really could right. be investing in other shit. So that's why they're good. Like you know what? I already made my investments in several things. I have money saved up. Like I'm straight. I don't need football. Right. When you get to that point where you like, I don't need this shit. That's when you're like truly living. You know what I mean? Where you don't have to like work necessarily. You right. Know? So I, I commend that. You know, I'm trying to get that level right now. Well, actually. and the crazy part, though, is these guys nowadays, you know, well, always. I mean, it's like that, that 30 for 30 documentary uh, for broke. You know, these guys are 18. They never had money. Or, you know, you're 18. Think about it. Think, yeah, think of the value true. of like 400 bucks. When you're, you're 18, 18, bro, you're going to spend money. I, bro, if I was 18, I was spending money on so much dumb shit. And jewelry, yeah. and it's like, because, like, your mindset is different, you know. We don't mature as fast as women. We're right. still childish. It's niggas that's 30 and above who's still childish as fuck, you know, so. I mean, think it about is. it. Like, when you, were th- when you, when I was 18, hey, if I had 400 bucks, I was rich. It's like, man, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with 400, yeah. 400 I mean, bucks. Especially as a college student, like, I, I would make $50 stretch. Dude, yeah. I, I wrote for the school paper at Sam Houston. Yeah. And I think I got 25 bucks per issue. We did two issues a week. So that's about eight a month. Yeah. So what is that, like, what, 400 bucks? Not even. And I, 200 bucks, right? And that was enough. That was all I needed. I was like, man, I can get groceries with that. So think about if you just get millions, millions. All of a sudden, imagine if you're 18, you have a million bucks a year. These, they're getting. Double digits, ten million, and then you're just like, "What do I do with this money?" And they just spend it, spend it, spend it. Yeah, but it's, now it's, I think there's so much it. more exposure. There's so much more understanding of all that that people are just like, 
well, we're wiser now. You watch people like LeBron and how they come in and they create more of a brand. Not just like I'm here as a player. It's more of, hey, I'm building a brand. So that's kind of, I feel like, the new wave thing, you know? Yeah, I think they were, uh, I think uh, TNT was interviewing Shaq and a couple other players and talking about how, like, if they had social media back then, like, how they would have been able to make so much more money by developing an actual brand. Like, you yeah. Said, LeBron with that brand name. Imagine Jordan with Twitter. <laughs> like just oh, Jordan would have been so petty. He would have been in so much, like, shit, I feel. Exactly. Because he's. That nigga was very competitive. Yeah. That Negro, excuse me, <laughs> was uh, very competitive, you know? So. He was so. Petty. That would have been fun, though, just to see him, yeah. like, bro, the dream team having, like, a Twitter and social media. Oh, my gosh. That would have been fucking amazing. Well, I mean, think about how many players then would be self destructive the way that Kevin Durant is now. I mean, the way like he burner plays. Burner accounts. Burner accounts. Look, nobody's ever questioned dude's game, but. He's emotional as hell. He does weird shit like like you said, creating burner accounts, things like that. Like who else would would destroy their career that way? You know, the way that he pot not even that he destroyed his career, but you know, his his reputation, people think he's just a whiner, complainer, you know, soft whatever cuz he has burner accounts. <laughs> think about, you know, back in the 90s, who would be like that, you know? Bro, I would have loved to see Dennis Rodman. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Man, he been posting some like Dennis one Rod- a.m. pics. <laughs> I know he, that nigga party. That Negro partied, bro. He partied. You um, know some of the stories. Like he would go play a game. I think it was Kevin Garnett was telling the story where when he was a rookie, they beat the Bulls or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they were feeling all hot shit because they beat the Bulls. Yeah. And uh, he said afterwards he went like to the gym or something like that. Dennis Rodman came in. And he was wearing like combat boots, and he was running on the treadmill. And he said he was working out after the game, and he was like, "Yeah, man, this is how you got to get that, you know, blood pumping or whatever. Keep keep that momentum going for the back to backs or something like that." But he was also that type that could do some shit like that. Go out that and night, drink, drink till six a.m. Whatever, get no sleep, play the next night, and get a double double like ten rebounds, ten. You know what I mean? You know what's block, crazy, like, man? Steals, Speaking of that, like like. Mike, you know, just to, like touch on what you're saying right now, or piggyback, excuse me. Yeah. So I'm gonna go back to the Aaron Hernandez thing for a second. I didn't understand how you can murder somebody and then just come play the next day like ain't shit happened. Like that shit is wild to me, bro. So when that shit broke, I remember. You know, I'm a big Brady guy, so I'm always watching and following. The he murdered a couple people, multiple. So the first one came out, the Odin Lloyd thing, and I remember reading about. it. I was like, Yeah, that was his uh, brother-in-law. I was. I remember sitting there thinking, like, damn. I wonder if this means the Pats are going to lose him because that would suck. <laughs> like, that was my first thought. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this shit's real. Like, okay, he's going to jail. Right, right. Oh, shit. And just hearing about the stories. But, you know, the wild thing was I remember I followed all the news that came out on that. And so the day they said that he was accused of the murder, the day that they felt that he did the murder, if you go back and look, like the next day he tweeted like, you know, what a beautiful morning it is right oh, now. Like, man. you know what I mean? Shit like that. Like, after he, like, they would go back and, and find out, like, this is probably the day this happened. And then all of a sudden he would just, oh, what a beautiful day. Like, where is that coming from? Like, that shit is nuts. Mental that disorder, shit is nuts. Right? So, once again, when you watch the actual um, Netflix special, you, you will see, like, inside his mind on how his thought process was. Like, Mike, you're right. That shit was extremely nuts. But some people can just, they're so good at hiding shit 
that you will never know what a person's actually doing. And he fucking had a double life, for real. But it's almost like, he, I mean, he was never, like, really, he never really came out or was. He couldn't quote, be himself. Like, 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 quote, unquote, gay. But at what point? He was a bisexual it, man. It, it, I, I'll say that. You know, I, I don't want to say too much. You know, I want you guys to watch it. But it's a lot of stuff in his life that happened at a very young age to, like, make made him the way that he that he is. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it, it's not his fault what happened and like I said, it, he has a it's a really fucked up story so like yeah guys when you get a chance to just check out the uh, documentary on netflix it's it's pretty crazy and then like to see like his daughter you know like it, it was very sad man you know when the whole court stuff was happening his daughter was in there and i, I can just tell that he knew that that was gonna be like his last moment seeing her this like like this the way he was looking and yeah. it was very sad like it, it really was you know and that that moment I felt that moment like damn you know I felt bad for her because she had to grow up without a dad now you know wasn't there something like there's a conspiracy that he killed himself to try to guarantee the money, that the he money has for, for sure yeah because I, I think it, it was some kind of some some old law um, in Bristol to where if you actually um, if you kill yourself. Or get murdered, or whatever the fact may be, the case gets dismissed. You get acquitted of everything. So, yes, Mike, you're right. Um, that was like a real thing. And so, part of the reason why he did what he did is so his family be taken care of for the rest of their life by the Patriots. But you know, the Patriots are gonna fight that shit, of course. Right. You know, but he he went in with the right motives to doing you know what he did. So. You know, so I remember hearing about that all the time. That was uh, like a much better time of media because I felt like when that was all coming out, there was news and facts and things like that. I can't stand like modern NFL media. Yeah, how do you how do you feel about it, Mikey? I mean, it's all ESPN is all it's it's all uh, tabloid. It's all sensationalism. It's all. BuzzFeed type shit. It's not news anymore. I used to like watching it when it was just highlights. And I mean, you have some commentary shows like and PTI there. or Around the Horn. But like, I could not stand the. like. I, and I can't stand now like the Skip Bayless shows. Like, I know he's not on there anymore, but those type of Talking shows <laughs> where they're just like, let's say the most outlandish take. The other thing I can't fucking stand. I mean, it's all take heavy. Just take heavy. And I feel like certain people like Kellerman are like, who's your boy, Will Kane? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Coming up with takes yeah. just for the sake of making like a take. Yeah. But what I can't stand is like even Twitter. I love Twitter. It's my favorite social media just for following like the inside scoop on sports. But man, everybody's always in such a rush to be like the first person to suck the new guy's dick. Like <laughs> it is ridiculous how many people. Oh my God, Mahomes! And I'm like, or Luca. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Man, I can't stand okay, yes. fucking. Luca, because of that fucking reason, he's nice. Don't get me wrong, but they're like he's like fucking Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, he's the greatest fucking thing ever. Relax, you know. What I'm saying this nigga's second year in the fucking league. Like, calm right. down. You know, like we hyping this nigga up so much. Well, and it's kind of annoying because some of it you could see like maybe that is media driven. Maybe that is hey, this guy is uh, he's. Not profitable. He's somebody that we can make money off of. He's somebody that, hey, he's likable. He's attractive. Y'all think color plays a part in it too? It might. Like, do you think? Do you think? Yeah. If if he was a black, if he was a black man, you think? If he was like a black dark skinned male, you think he would be getting as much hype? Lamar Jackson actually, he's 
He's getting hyped. There might be something to that, though, because, I mean, I look at, like, Mahomes, right? He's very good, yes. Like, don't get me wrong, cannon arm. I mean, 50 touchdowns in really, like, his rookie year. It's his second year, but the first year he really actually played. Right. 50 touchdowns. Dude is nice. But, I, I, I mean, dude, if I got paid for every time I saw somebody on there just – on his sack Heart. on Twitter, Heart body. I'd be the richest. I, Bill Gates. What do you call it? Goosenecking? Goosenecking. For all the people that are goosenecking Pat Mahomes, <laughs> if I got a nickel for that shit, <laughs> I'd be, be rich richer man. than fucking Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it's like they're like, in a, oh, you know, I heard this story back from camp and, oh, give me credit for thinking he's good. It's like, dude, everybody knows he's fucking good. Get the fuck out of here. But it's like you said, though, like with with Doncic, you know, uh, but Curry was like that, too. I mean, first I can't stand fucking Steph Curry's ass. He's a good player, though. But here's the thing about Steph and Mahomes. I just cannot stand like you watch somebody like LeBron. He'll dunk. LeBron's corny as hell. I love LeBron. LeBron is great. He's great. He's top two to me. Like, I think he's just behind Jordan now. Like, he's. That dude to me, and look, he's gonna look like right now. It's like a, a like the big kid bullying the little kids playing basketball. LeBron is great for seventeen. He's a corny. Seat, seventeen, bro. He's a little corny. Like his like intimidation things are kind of cheesy. Yeah, but like I love LeBron though. Like I, I feel like it's hard to hate LeBron. Oh man, come on! But fella. you know, LeBron can hit a shot and he'll do the thing that anybody will do. Kind of look over to the side, like trying to be like intimidated, but he's like, friendly and shit. But here's the thing, Curry. We'll do a fucking backflip, jump on top of the stage, put his hands up, bow, blow kisses, you know, run around Steph with his Curry hands in, out in, like in, an in idiot, his mannerisms. you know, like the mouthpiece. Remember when he threw that shit when he got frustrated? Well, and it's like like Pat Mahomes. Every fucking first down, you got to flex. Every first down, bro, man, I man. could body Pat Mahomes. He's probably. <laughs> 200 pounds. Come on, man. It becomes hey, so yeah, flexing. But it's you, just, you know, you know what, bro? It's so irritating. The reason, it's so irritating. And I agree. The reason why I do that is because, the, like you said, the media is hyping them up so much that their heads get even bigger. It's like, you know what? I am great. I am this person. I am going to do what I want to do, you know? Now, and I mean, when they interview the guy, I, I will say I like that he's pretty humble when they interview him, like Pat Mahomes. He's kind of quiet and chill. And he's not much of a shit talker, but it's just like, oh, dude, like. Oh, yeah. How, how do you feel about that, Mikey? I Maybe think, part of it I'm a hater, though. I think that... People, you got the mic on? Yeah. People like uh, Steph Curry, you know, Mahomes, people like that, they're, uh, they're privileged in, <laughs> their, in their sport, especially like people like Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like, all his, like his little antics and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, if that was, like, uh, somebody else... With like a Baker Mayfield like attitude, yeah, yeah. Like if Lamar Jackson acted like Baker Mayfield, oh yeah, they'll chastise him. Yeah, you get crucified. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? they would have yeah, been like, get his work. ass out of here. Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be the lead. That N word out of here. I'm playing. Yeah. But yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like they definitely he would. Yeah, it wouldn't have been little, as lenient. He's a little too colorful. Wink, wink. Like you know, jabbing <laughs> yeah. each other in their go. meetings. Yeah, I know, right? He's got to go. We tried to give him a chance. Yeah, you guys remember Willie Beeman? Come on. He's stupid. That's pretty much who he would be. <laughs> you think about it. I like that he'll wear those, uh, like the, like those, like redneck sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that shit you was like pretty that. dope, bro. That shit was. I had a feeling dope. he was going to be shook at some point, though. I mean, I can't lie. Yeah, you can't go perfect. 
You know, so like yeah. I wasn't like mad. Like they had a great season, bro. You can't get mad. You can't take away from what they did. But at the, at the end of the day, people game plan for them, and then they had a long time off, so it was a rust too. And here's the other thing, too. but everything so come on, you know. Now Mahomes is like everybody's flavor of the street, you know, flavor of the time, whatever it's called. As he should, dude's nice. They're in the AFC title game. They'll probably go to the Super Bowl. Sean Watson's nice too. You don't hear people talking hey, about his ass. They I'll like come that back to that. I'll come back to that. But uh, the thing with, like, okay, they're going to the AFC title game, but it's like it almost feels like Lamar Jackson's failure. People are, like, crediting Mahomes. It, like, it's weird. It feels like Lamar Jackson failed, and people are elevating Mahomes as a result. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like, uh, well, Mahomes, so Mahomes Yes, is, they are, actually. No, no Lamar, I thought was, so. he, Lamar was the year before. He was with, um, he was with Jimmy no, but Lamar didn't play well, though. Well, well, Mahomes sat out one year, remember? And Lamar didn't play either. Yeah, I thought. He did. Well, he came back week. He, so last year, Lamar. Mahomes so Mahomes was drafted a year before. Yeah, Lamar. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. But that's yeah. So they're basically there's a lot of parallel. But he, you know, he, he sat one year, so they started. It equals out, right? Pretty so, much, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of parallels though for the people seeing like, okay, his second year MVP caliber season. They're the flavor of the year. Everybody loves You know what I'm about team. to say, though, man? Burrow about to come in and fuck up the game, though. Joe Burrow? Joe, Joe Burrow, yeah. He about to fuck up the game. I wouldn't mind it. Like, he's nice. He's, he's nice. real nice, bro. I saw him play for the first time. So, I never watched him, actually. I just saw highlights. So, I actually, during the championship he's game. very poised. I watched him. And that nigga is, yes, he's ahead of his time. So, he's going to be nice. A good pickup by the Bengals. They don't fuck it up. But random. what you expect after playing five Five years in college, you know, right? You better be. <laughs> Shit, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, something wrong, then you know yeah. what I mean. But nah, Joe, Joe Burrow, he's nice though. Yeah, it's you know? random, and like I know this doesn't count for anything like literal, but I I like when there's like a poet, like a poetry to somebody's career arc, like the fact that he's from Ohio. So circling back, he goes to LSU. They win the national championship in New Orleans. You know what that—that's like an hour away, and now he's probably gonna. I mean, go back home. He's gonna be the first pick. You know, I'd be shocked if he wasn't in Cincinnati, back in Ohio. I do like that symmetry there. Um, like I said, I know that there's nothing that you can actually quantify with that, but I feel like symmetry like that usually means to like a positive dynasty, yeah. or it goes up in flames. But I just don't see that being that. Like, <laughs> no, if he went to the Browns, it'll definitely go up in flames. But he, he's good. He's going to the Bengals. The Browns, where everybody's paper Bullard. champions this year. Yeah, they're gonna, bro. They can get as many coaches and new GMs as they want. They're still gonna be a trash ass organization. Like I'm sorry, it, it just curses. A lot of times, I feel like it has to do with the city too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fan base if, the, if the city's not attractive the way other cities are, you're not gonna Prosper. always get you know the players that you want to get. But I feel like so there's yeah, that. Facts. There's a lot of different aspects. Like the small town, you have to draft well, and they've drafted okay. Some of their picks they've hit, some they've missed. Uh, the problem is they really just don't have a culture there, and the problem is the head coach is never good. They never dra- get a good head coach. I mean, look, they got uh, Stefanski, and he got oh. just outclassed by Robert Sala last week in the divisional round. Like, they got the Vikings offensive coordinator. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's going to help them or not really? <laughs> I don't think it's going to help at all, personally. I think anybody is a significant upgrade over Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens. You know what, bro? You know I was mad right. about that? They had Baker Mayfield in their decision. 
Like, why don't you have like let him make that decision on what who do you want the head coach? Well, to Baker exactly. Mayfield is Baker Mayfield is overrated. If you ask me. Oh, for yeah. sure. No, no, I agree. Yeah. He definitely is. He's I agree. Well, and what like, I'm tired of seeing these damn commercials. Commercials, right? <laughs> yeah, him no. in the damn stands. Yeah, talking he's to a, he's in more commercials than he has touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Facts, <laughs> facts, facts. You spending more time in the studio than on the football field. Right. They were too much of distraction, quick man. Quick to anoint him, and I mean, he had a nice rookie year, and he had really good stats. But all stats are elevated now. They gave him pieces. Oh yeah, and the proof is in the pudding. He couldn't do nothing. You know what I mean? He he didn't get OBJ. And you got two of the two of the best fucking like wideouts. What you know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing. You know you're right. And a good tight end, like the rookie tight or second year dude. You know Najoku. Yeah, now Njoku. he wants out. You know. But, Mostly because of Kitchen, so the fact that he's out, maybe he's not. Do you think it's a such thing as believing in yourself too much? Yeah, I think there's so there's there's two sides of that. I think that you have to, if you're gonna take it to that next level, you have to be confident. You have to believe in yourself. Like you have to just walk like you know walk the talk, but you got to have self awareness. So if you think you're the best, but you're not, and you're that far down. Sometimes it can blind you from your real deficiencies, and I think that's what they suffer from. Just like you said with the Mayfield commercials, you can't ch- look. He's gonna come on in the next commercial, change channel, probably be on that channel, you know. And also, like what I think, man, I agree with both of you guys. You gotta have a good like base around you too to like p- kind of put you in your place, or like to reset your egg, bro. Like you gotta, you know, realign and get serious about this shit. You know, if you really right. think, you know, who you say you are, you know, what I'm saying you got all these pieces around you now. You're still not performing. You're too focused on, like, the media and, like, being this big star in Hollywood. Fuck that shit. We trying to win rings. You know what I mean? So, like, that, you got to have people around to tell you this shit just to be real with you. You know, you may not like it at the time, but you respect it, like, once you sit back and think about it, you know? Because I know I respect people that just give it to me, like, how it is. It's being real, you know? So I don't fault him for taking advantage of the opportunity to get his money. Yeah, you know, I, I We just I get praise Le'Veon for that. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, facts. I mean, and again, a lot of it's just the media. It's media driven. Everybody's been sucking on him for a year now. Goose necking. We're gonna say that. Goose, so. Everybody's been goose necking Mayfield for a year. So I mean, of I course, it gets to his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the last one. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like all the media, everybody just. Hey, a, a shout out to the Lions, man. I feel like that uh, record. No, I'm serious. Now the records they had it didn't prove like they should have won a lot of those fucking games. <laughs> Like no, they had a good squad this year. Matt Patricia, the Packers game, that was that was yes, yeah. The Cardinals game, remember they were up like what twenty three something? Yeah. Oh, tied in overtime. Mm -hmm. But I think they'll they'll be back, man. They'll be back. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. If if you guys didn't know that, you know now you know. Um, I kind of disowned them for a little bit. Sorry sorry to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) Story of my life. But yeah, I kind of disowned them for a little bit because you know I, I just you get so frustrated of like. A team that's supposed to be great in every fucking year, shit just keeps happening. I like, it's like, like I wonder when yeah. they're gonna fuck up type mentality. You should have to have that every time, you know, like some shit happens. So now with um with uh, McCarthy being the coach, I don't think it's gonna help. If I'm being real with you, I mean it might, right. but I think Dak's the problem. Do you really? <laughs> no, fuck with you. I was going to say, I, I, I think... think uh, I, he's not nice. He's, he's okay. He's, like, average to me. He's not, like, great. I think he's over overhyped, too. He's just okay. He's, like, in the middle. You know, he's not, like... Uh, he also has a he's little fucking spin. Million. That same spin move, like, bro, we, they know what you about to do. You're about to spin to the right and run and try to throw it. Like, we already know that, you know? <laughs> Change up your fucking game. 
So it just gets frustrating, man. I as think a Cowboys fan. That's all. I do. I will say. I think McCarthy is a significant upgrade. I think the big difference there is that now and the Giants now. Oh, Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> that's just the thing is. Well, he might be one of those though that's a good coordinator but a bad head coach. Maybe. Now, McCarthy, I think with him, you'll at least have an identity. You look at uh, those Packers offenses, I feel like they were pretty wide receiver heavy. But anytime they had a halfway decent running back, that's when they went the furthest. Dallas has Ezekiel Elliott. He's a top-tier running back. So I'd be curious to see what McCarthy can build with that. There's a lot of receivers. You know, you got a good line, good running back. I think, Garrett just they they just didn't have an identity. Yeah, I think they'll like they'll be a little better, but I still feel like it's not going to change much personally because they're still the Cowboys. I'm a fan, so I can talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been a fan for, since I was a little right. kid. I was, I just need to see like like with Dak. What, frust- what frustrates me about him? He doesn't have to have that leadership quality like in other quarterbacks. You know, like a Tom Brady. You know, he's not going to ever give up. A Big Ben. He's hard to tackle. You know what right. I'm saying? Like they have these qualities in them. That's like okay, like that's my quarterback. Like. He's a he's my leader, you know what I'm saying? As far as like when we're on the field, I I don't see that from uh, Dak. I have not seen that yet, and I'm waiting for him to turn that corner. So okay, this nigga's really right. He's he's locked in. Same thing with Harden, you know what I'm saying? Like Harden's nice too, but he just he doesn't seem to want it. As I much. don't see that in him. People either. might not like, like the killer that. instinct. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I want to win. You know? Well, so here's the thing. Like I feel like T Mac had that fatal flaw where he didn't have the killer instinct, but I feel like for him. It almost kind of seemed like he was nervous or he was just didn't want to be in the spotlight. Harden, I feel like he's just got so much talent that like and he does he's not afraid of shit. Like he'll go out there and like there are nights where he'll hit the game winning shot, not worried about shit, and he's not nervous, nothing like that. But I just feel like when they lose big, you know, like in the in the playoffs, something like that, it's cause it just seems like he's not there. Like he seems kinda like Distracted or just like nonchalant or, or at least strip clubs. You know, nigga <laughs> like to fuck a lot, man. But see, I think I don't know if that really impacts him much. I nigga, feel like it does impact when you fucking or like you got pussy in your mind or whatever. Yes, yeah. that, that impacts you a lot. He was it, at the club the next fucking day. You remember when they lost or right? He was right at the fucking Harlem Knights or whatever. You know, not Harlem Knights. Shout out to Harlem Knights. <laughs> but he was at some strip club, and I'm like, bro, like right. to me, to me, James Harden is not a. Um, he's not a a. A natural leader, you know what I mean. Like right. he, well, he can like weird. like he commands the ball. You know he can score and whatnot. You know whoop whoop whoop. But like he doesn't command the team like the way like LeBron would or or Chris Paul know, or Chris Paul. He's not know, a serious. somebody like that. But I will say this though, he is a number one to me though. Like he's an alpha. I could never see him in a number two role. The only way I could see him in a number two role. As if it was like a Dwayne Wade, like where he wasn't like a number two in Miami. Yeah. He was like a 1A to like LeBron. Because the first year was Wade's team. Yeah. They didn't make it. They they failed ultimately. After that, it became kind of LeBron's, LeBron's team, team. And that's when they succeeded. Yeah. He took over the 1A slot. Right, right. Well, one but, or just one and Wade became two. Wade, I think later kinda, on, later, right? Like, I, I, would it's say, like, I would say year three, LeBron became one. Oh, yeah. Wade was two. Oh yeah, Bosch and was, it was Bosch like almost like relegated to a role player, right? Pretty much. Well, that was the thing is like it didn't feel like he was like a distant two. It felt like he was like a running man, you know. But it just didn't feel like he was the best player on the team. Like I could never see Harden just straight up being a sidekick. I could see him being a like B, 
yeah. to, to KD. Maybe, yeah, like, or something like, like if that. If OKC kept James but shipped out Russ back then. I actually feel like that's a good point. That, I actually feel I think like that could have worked. Durant and Harden might be a perfect marriage because I, I, I'll be a, I feel like you could have Harden as like your swag. He could be your like emotional leader. He could be the guy that you know they look at as like he's the general. But Durant could still be your best player. Yeah, he's gonna just yeah, take the game over when he needs to. Right, because he's kind of like T Mac in that sense. That I don't mm. think he shies away from the spotlight, mm. but I don't know. Just like a weird. Fake, tough, passive nature to him. I don't know. Yeah. T Mac never had that. T Mac yeah. is always easy, easy going and chill. Yeah. But Durant has that. You know, the kill the killer instinct. He can kill you, yeah. but it's like it, it seems unnatural. Like he can kill you through straight talent, not because he's an asshole, but he tries to be an asshole. Yeah, and that's what just seems disingenuous. Like, come on, man, you're lame. You're corny to me. I, and that goes right back to like the Perkins thing, uh, the Twitter battle they had the other day. Oh, Perkins I, I, so I didn't get, to, I didn't really get to see all of it, but they were talking about it on ESPN. So, so Perkins just like out of nowhere was like, "I'm going to tell y'all why Hart or uh, Westbrook was, the, was best the best Thunder, Thunder right? okay. player ever." Yeah. And uh, I forgot. I think somebody was like, "Not KD or something like that." And he was like, "KD was nice, but I just feel like." Westbrook was better, or, 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 or was that burner account, KD? Well, no, it was ag- I know, right? Let, actually, Shit. let me pull it up because. Uh, all right, so it started out. Perkins said, "I like Perkins." I know, I, I do too. Hey, hey, he's from funny, Port man. Arthur, I think. Uh, yeah, Texas boy. So that's why you always be out here. He said, "In about thirty minutes, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my opinion on Sports Center on why I believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player that ever put on a Thunder jersey. He's Mr. Thunder." And a journalist dude, I'm guessing because he has a suit on, said he put together the best career within that organization, but he's definitely not the best player to have ever put on a jersey for them. Come on, Perk. And he said, hey, Kevin left the door open and Russ walked right in. (laughs) This dude said, I think Russ walked right into the door called second round of the playoffs. Three straight times. Perkins (laughs) said, KD lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what that mean? And then Durant jumps in. Yeah, our starting center, Kendrick Perkins, averaged a whopping two and three during that series. You played hard, though, champ, LOL. (laughs) Perkins says, boys, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA history. (laughs) (laughs) Up on a team 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals and then go join them the following season. Heart of a champion right there. Durant said, weak is starting at center, playing real minutes with no production. Should have worked on your skills as much as I did. Perkins yeah, said, petty. that's fine. Petty. You worked that hard and still had to go join a 73-9 team. <laughs> Truth be told, you don't even feel like a real champ. You have the hard time sleeping at night, huh? Knowing <laughs> that you look or you took the cowardly out. Yeah, always. That, that's so, always going to stain his, like, yeah, his, his legacy. His, his rel- exactly, legacy. Always. Yeah. It was a cop-out, bro. You, you it the was. fucking Warriors out of all teams. I'm enjoying it, you know. Well, and they, they beat them is the problem too. Like yeah. that adds like that extra context to it. Like bro, it was one more win, one more fucking win, they would have made it. And you he did not saying? play well in those last games. It's one more know? win, and you let the Warriors come back on you. You needed one more win. Shit's wild to me. Seventy three and nine, they go and join them. Like that just oh. To me, that didn't solidify nothing about Kevin Durant winning. Those I feel the same championships in the. Uh, in Golden State, to me, it was just like... It's different okay. than, like, LeBron, you know? right? 
Because I feel like the Wade Heat were like a middle, like they were like a four seed every year. Like right, they were right. good, but they were. I never took the Heat seriously. They won in 06 with Shaq, but mm-hmm. like ever since then, like, they were really good, but I never thought they were going to win it again. The Heat are still good right now, too, surprisingly. Yeah. And look, LeBron was the best player on the best team for a couple of years. They're the one seed. Yeah. Can't get over the hump. I thought at the time it was kind of weak that he went to Miami. In retrospect now, Miami just had a better team, and they had better leadership with Pat Riley than Cleveland did. So I give him a little bit of a, in and out on that. The first year, I rooted for his failure. It happened. Second year, when it kind of became LeBron's team, he started winning. It kind of changed. Like, they were still the bad guys. I still rooted against them, but it didn't feel the same as, like, Durant. Never, you know... Leaving the team just got beat by the big bad guys. Joining the big bad guys. You know what hurt me so bad about that? Durant was one of my favorite players. Same. Like, same here. I followed him when he was with the Supersonics when he first got drafted. Because yep. the Sonics was my team, too, when they were around. And so when he did that shit, like, that shit hurt, bro. Because I'm like, dang, I thought you was a real nigga. you going to, like, Russ is a real nigga. He still stayed in, like, as long as he could. You know what I mean? But then he finally got smart about shit. But back to Durant. You know, it just... Like Perkins said, that was the weakest move ever, bro. You know, because you, you literally could have joined any team. You could have went back to Washington, like, whatever. And you, I'm going to join the Warriors. Right. The Warriors, bro, like, I can't respect you for that. Like, I'm sorry, I can't. You know, like you said, those rings, just that doesn't mean shit. It really doesn't. Like, to me, it doesn't to it, me. it's a fine balance, right? Yeah, you know, you want to win rings, of course. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole point, you know, in the league. But you want to do it the right way. You want to take, like, the easy way out. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to get respect from, like, your peers or people. And that shit sucks. No chick is going to take Kevin Durant serious. <laughs> he going to be because, out. Just because, that. because. One fight, he's gone. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything he did lets you know, you know, his character. character. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, if he take an easy way out, you know, if something go on between y'all two, you know, what you think he going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? A little meme. Disappear. Yeah, you yeah. know, he, he's out, he's gone, you know. You know, to me, it's kind of heartbreaking, too. You know, we were kids. We all saw a little bit. I mean, I don't I don't remember watching, but you always heard about, like, the Magic, Penny Hardaway, oh, Penny Shaq, squad. how they never won. Mm-hmm. Really, our team of that era, I feel like, was the Suns, like the Nash, Marion, Joe Johnson, and then ultimate, you know, like, yeah. they were so Some many years, so like, good. just there, but never won. Like that's that's the Rockets now, and it's like it's kind of like you feel like history robbed them of a title, right? Yeah. And then the second Durant left, you realized what you always thought was going to be the case—that the Thunder might never get over the hump. First, it's Harden leaving, that kind of screwed them. But I mean, they stayed competitive. They stayed Mm -hmm. as like right there. And when they had the Warriors on the ropes, 3-1, I was thinking the Thunder are finally getting over the hump. They're going to win the finals this year. They finally got it. And then when they lost it, I'm like, all right, well, maybe next year, whatever. But then when when Durant leaves, I'm like, okay, like that's it. That team never did it. And as a basketball fan, I mean, look, I'm glad. Westbrook, I know he's got his flaws, but for his heart, he's my favorite player. I know he's not the best player in the league, but I love watching him. Um, I'm glad that we got him on the Rockets. But part of it is like, damn, that really sucks that the Thunder just never got that They're one with all bro. those players they had. Bro, it, it's, it's going to be a documentary about them. Mark my words, about that team. It's sure. like winning the lottery and then losing yeah. the ticket. Yep. 
30 for 30 For real yeah. for Facts facts <laughs> Lost ticket It's what 2030 It'll be good as fuck Yeah it's gonna be good but, uh, That shit just nah, hurts Another, good, another good point now. To think about um, Even if they Didn't blow the 3-1 lead Against Golden State Who's to say They would've beat That LeBron team That was the team of destiny right. I mean that was the Cleveland This is for you You know like, <laughs> Shit This yeah. is for you So it's so. crying Like LeBron I mean LeBron's Second best, second greatest of all time. So, who's to say the two biggest plays in NBA history from from my oh, the, block the LeBron time. block yeah. for real. The block is up there, and the Ray Allen yeah. three. Yeah, okay. Like the Ray Allen three. Do y'all remember the Ray Allen three? Oh yeah, for, for sure. The Heat? 2013 finals. Here's against, why uh, against the Spurs. Spurs are up five. That game is Timmy. over. Yo, that game is over. They're up five. All they have to do is it make the series. The series was two one, right at that time. Three two. Three two. Okay. Spurs are about to win the, oh, the, the yeah, finals. Yeah, they're about to win the finals. You're right. I yeah. remember too because I was like, "Fuck was the Heat, <laughs> good." <laughs> Spurs <laughs> about to win. Yeah. Gary Neal. I kept laughing because it was all those Gary Neal games where he just like lit them up. Five point game, and then I forget the exact sequence, but I know Ginobili missed a free throw. Uh, Kawhi missed a free throw. It was all but over, and then you have the, they took uh, Tim Duncan out. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the big move right there. Took Tim Duncan out. Chris Boss magically slithered and got that rebound. Yeah. <laughs> no, Boss, yeah. you know, Chris Boss is a snake. I he he, he got it like, you know. <laughs> yo, when he got you know, that shit and, and tossed uh, it back. He's that one, he's that one monster from uh, Monsters, Inc. Yeah, oh, that little purple yeah, the with, yeah, with the, 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 the big-ass yeah. ears and shit. Yeah, yeah. Randall, the snake. Randall, yeah. Looking ass, yeah. Randall looking ass, yo. He got that rebound. We flipped it back to Ray Allen. I was like, I, I almost just turned it off right then and there because like they done, fucking yeah. won. He makes it. I'm like, of course he fucking oh, made you it. You a Spurs fan? No, no I just oh, was rooting okay. against the Heat. You know? I was too because like really? that was the. I, I don't. I like, wanted. I wanted. I, I wanted LeBron to get a ring. After they I won was, that, then I was I like, I wanted him to get a ring, and then I, you know, I either wanted him to get no rings or a lot of rings. Yeah, Mike, so Mike, once Mike, he started Mike was winning, a I was LeBron. Like, from Stance. the Cleveland Cavaliers fan, yeah, yeah. that's that's. Yeah, he was the Cleveland I LeBron. A, I like, used to be a diehard Kobe the, fan. The rookie, yeah, the rookie. But then LeBron, LeBron came, and I was like, okay. <laughs> he just like was yeah. more of that Space Jam feel, and I know people are critical of like, oh, Space Jam too, but like LeBron feels like a Space Jam actor, right? Yeah, like, didn't he yeah, feel yeah. like a Space Jam? Yeah, like, space yeah, he, he seemed, yeah, he's a Space Jam character, honestly. That nigga's big. But I guess the reason why I didn't want Le- hair, Le- LeBron to win was because he was on a. The it team, the popular team. I don't like anybody right. that that goes to like popular teams like that personally, you know. But when he won, I was happy for him. Like, okay, he finally got his, you know. But I was, I was, I felt better when he won in Cleveland. Like I was really happy. Yeah, like, Cause yes. he, yeah, because he really wanted that one for the city. So yeah. finally got it. That block, though. To me, to me, yeah. that was his greatest achievement. Yeah, and that yeah. was against yeah. a seventy-three win team. So the best That'll team go in history, history, bro, forever. Yeah. You know. How do y'all feel though about like so he has the what is it, the shop or whatever? whatever. I love that shop. I never, I never, not even the shop. Show. Is it is it, was it the shop that he had? A... He has another one. Uninterrupted. 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 Yeah. uninterrupted. Was it that one that he was like, yeah, when I when I did that block, we won that game. That's when I became greatest of all time. Like, oh, how do y'all they, feel about him self proclaiming? I agree. That. You gotta have confidence in yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm yeah. serious. Like. LeBron is fucking great in all aspects, more than just basketball. I have a lot of respect yeah, for this man. That's ain't true. Trying to, ain't trying to gooseneck him right now, but no, let's call but it that's facts. true. Like he he does a lot for like the community and shit. And I respect that. Jordan, of course, it wasn't social media around, so you couldn't see what he was doing. I'm sure he did some shit too. But right. I feel like LeBron has done more for the community than Jordan did personally. You know, I think for I the think community. the reason why Black Jordan community. is so um, praised is because he established, you know, 
the game. You yeah. know what I mean? And he brought I mean, it back. Even, even a sneaker coach. Even a sne- yeah, he like he established. Oh, for sure. Like, he's the blueprint to a lot of you know what these players are doing nowadays. I think that's why people will never give up. You know, Jordan being the goat. Yeah, I feel like just, I, I, on that note, that, you know he I mean? had that killer instinct yeah. though that like LeBron, like LeBron still has those moments, but it only can be one Jordan. Yeah, well, for now, I mean, I'm not saying he can't ever be Eclipse, but like, I don't want. I, I hate the comparisons. Yeah, but like, there's yeah, ghosts it's of two different it, people. It's yeah. it's it's gonna be a goat every different generation. I feel you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't compare it to old because you can't. Well, the game it's changes different. so exactly. Much. It's a different game now. I mean, if you look back at the NFL in like the 30s or whatever. They weren't passing. They were just running all the time. Mm-hmm. Earl Campbell. You know? <laughs> yeah, Earl Campbell days, even back, you know, in the in the 80s and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Leather just, helmets and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, O.J. Like, Simpson. Rugby. For real. O.J. Yeah. No swag. Juice. No nothing. If the glove don't fit, baby. No, I'm, quite <laughs> quite. Yeah. I'm joking. The game changes so much. Yeah, but you look at like. Uh, I think my phone died. The flash went off. Something's well, like they get the first hour on video. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like you look at like the NBA, the game is just so much different. LeBron is more of Magic, the player, you know, like more of that utility knife that like can just do everything, gets everybody involved. Jordan, like Kobe, fit more of that jo- Jordan prototype of like the so two, the, the skill set, yeah, so the finesse. two that just like that that big two that's just gonna kill you and score you to death, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like. J- Kobe is closer to Jordan in that regard and that he's more of that mold. Yeah. But I think that LeBron is just all around the more gifted player. I, I mean, I might even go as far as saying LeBron is the most talented player ever. Yeah. I think I might go as far as saying that. I mean, but, honestly, if, if if you want to compare, like, LeBron to anybody, like, it would have to be, like, Magic Johnson. Like, for right. sure. Like, like he's, a, he's a souped-up magic. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why, like, I, it's hard to compare him to Jordan because they're just different yes, players. Facts, yep. Different styles of players. You Imagine know? he could have been even greater if he would have stayed in the league until you know, it should happen, of course. Yeah. But, like, who would have known, well, like, what happened if he would have stayed, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's like looking at football. It's like comparing, like, Tom Brady to, like, a Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are – the same position, but they have almost nothing else in common. Mm. Brady yeah. is that pocket passer. Completely different. If you're gonna, if he's on his best day, he's gonna kill you to death with throwing those seven yard passes. Mm. They get eight yards after the catch, hit you with a twenty yarder here and there. Vic at his best is gonna kill you running the ball. And you know, but he also deep play. Eagles Vic though. Oh, Eagles Vic had a cannon. He was nice. Hey. That nigga was nice. Eagles Vic actually was in the pocket yeah. passing. Yeah, he, yeah, and he had a, he still had an arm too. Right when he came out of prison, he had that prison arm. Yeah, the prison <laughs> arm. Hey, he had a choice. He had to work, <laughs> he had to work he had it somewhere, you know. If he would have came out there throwing, you know, <laughs> that movie, the, the replacements. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for real, like they're the same position. They yeah. have their own certain level of greatness, their own kind of greatness. LeBron is not the same player as Jordan but I will say like I have him like number two all time I mean especially like when you think of the longevity I think that you have to credit him for that just like Brady even if Brady didn't have six rings I feel like you have to credit him for playing for 20 seasons Brady Brady, it'd always be a Brady Manning like debate I feel like Brady he'll always be like better yeah I'm being real with you you know what I mean because like he's Brady was, I always felt I was that way. The chip on the shoulder. You did. You always yeah. felt that way. Like, yeah, Brady's better than Manning. I think Manning has more talent. He has more of the tools. But if I had to win one game, and that's how I grade it, I'm putting the ball under Brady's under Brady's hands. Sure. 
You know, it's just me too. He facts. did it more often, and I think that you look now at like LeBron on on that. If you were to look at that, you know, he had the finals losses, a lot of them, <laughs> a lot <laughs> of them. You can even say Eli and and Manning are they're they're the same. They have the same amount of rings, right? They do. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, bro, Eli and who? And his brother, uh-huh. uh, uh, Peyton. Now you know it's crazy. So Eli's playoff record, I think. I heard it the other day. I think it's like eight and four or something like that. Eli's un- underrated, man. If it's eight and four, they won the Super Bowl twice. Both times they played four games because they were like a wild card. Like they didn't get a bye week, <clears throat> so that means that he went to the playoffs six times. Two times went undefeated in the playoffs, and the other four times lost in the first game. Every time. That was the problem with Eli is how inconsistent he was. But, hey, yeah. you mentioned earlier Deshaun. And yes. I had I was telling somebody this. Hour, I was talking to Allen hours ago. My other problem is that Mahomes gets all the love right now for that arm, right? Jackson gets all the love right now for those legs. Watson, to me, is the best of both worlds. He's going to run. Like, Lamar's faster. But Watson is stronger. I have no worries about his durability. Uh, Mahomes has the stronger arm, but Watson will still throw a 60-yard pass in stride. Yeah. No it. problem. With one to eye me, falling. Yeah, to me, he's more of the best of both to, worlds. He's to, to a me, warrior. To, to, me, he, to me, he's um, he's a he's Vic post-dogfight. Like, like pretty much Philly. Like Philly, Philly Michael Vic. Philly Vic. It's Philly I can Vic. see that. Philly Vic with just younger, you know. I was like, like after Vic got the maturity he had, he had obtained, like you know, right. that, that's that was that kind of. I, yeah. I, I respected him like when I saw him play in Clemson when he played against Lamar actually, or not Lamar. It was uh, in the championship game in like Bama against Bama. Against Bama, Bama yeah. yeah, like his will to win, like that nigga. He he wants to win. You can tell. You can see like with his actions, and that carried over to the NFL. So that's why I feel like he should be actually talked. The, uh, the Hunter like Davos yeah. Swinney said he's Jordan. Like he's the Jordan on the field. No, I think I, I think I think Deshaun is what. Cowboy fans want Dak Prescott to be. You're right. No, as a Cowboy fan, no, definitely you. That's 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 what nah, you're people right. think Dak Prescott is, but he's not. He's not. No, you know what I mean. He's not. Not at all. I just I, feel I would like shine any day over fucking Dak. Yes, for sure. I just feel like if you saw them like 15 years from now at a barbecue. Deshaun's or uh, Dak's gonna have a little bit of a tummy, <laughs> tight a tight polo tucked in, balding, dad sandals, yeah. right? Deshaun's gonna be looking. Hey, yeah. Deshaun's still gonna have like some like plaid like shorts or something, like looking swaggy. And for some reason, I feel like that mental Sandals image. Grilling. Yeah, I feel like that's all you need to know about like Nike their slides. current level yeah. right now. Slides, yeah. It's just like having a cook off and shit. Yeah, I feel like Dak just a little cornier. No, I, I agree. That's why. Dak that's that's probably where some of that corny. comes from. Dak is like a cooler uh, Russell Wilson, in my opinion. <laughs> Russell Wilson. I, I, like, I, I like Russell though. Russ is I, nice. I like his game. He is nice, and it's you know it's takes a lot for me to be mature to say that hating on him and shit, but. He's good, you know, because he's also the best of both worlds where he can run the ball. He runs better than He runs, runs when he needs to. He runs better than I thought. And he, he protects his body very well, too. He he's stout, you know, like he's just yeah. like round. But yeah. what I like, too, he is he's fat when he, when he retired, though. <laughs> thick, right? Because <laughs> he's short, yeah. So, yeah that nigga thick. thick. I feel like he just gets a nice <laughs> rainbow under those thick. passes, you know? <laughs> he said what? Like he gets like his passes, just like a nice, like a nice oh. arch underneath him, you know? He knows how to hook it over the. Uh, 
like right over the linebackers, but just before the safety. Yeah. So yeah. But I will say, in my opinion, one of his flaws is, I feel like in certain situations he doesn't know how to. He doesn't want to undermine Pete Carroll. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just I certain situations. Yeah. I feel like that, that puts you over the top. <laughs> like when you know, when you when you feel something. Make Do it, it, you know, make take it, it, make it happen. Like, trust your intuition. And I feel like it was a couple of times where he didn't do that. So, especially I Super Bowl, feel, like, it yeah. was more of Super Bowl, he, like, he trusted coaching. Decision, over. yeah, decision making, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, now I will say this, though, they had to pass the ball at one point. If you're talking about the Seahawks and Pats, yeah, yeah, because they had two, what two timeouts and they had three, three tries at it. I still feel like you should give it some harsh Marshawn regardless, bro. Especially well, that time. I think they were probably going to pass it and then run it, run it. Like, you have to pass it once. They are probably thinking, let's pass it one time. That keep gets the defense honest. Huh? That's, that's what it was, to keep the defense on their feet. I think so, because, I mean, you ha- like, again, you have two yeah. timeouts. There were, like, 26 seconds left. Mm. You're probably going to have to throw the ball once. But come on now. If you know bullshit, you know. That that was some bullshit. <laughs> you have the game on the line. They were expecting a timeout, though. They were expecting the Patriots to call a timeout. When they saw that they didn't, By they rushed out there, and that's why they had them. So do you think politics played a part in that, too? Politics? Mm-hmm. So? You no, know I'm saying, because you know what? In, in the NFL, right, they say, like, it's a business. You know what I mean? Like, people bet you have different, like, powers uh. that be. You know, so do you feel like that is? Of rumor. course, it was. That is a rumor. That did you they, see what Marshawn Lynch was doing that whole season? Yeah, <laughs> yes, ignoring the, exactly. the press, being himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Y'all know why I'm here. If he would have scored that touchdown, he he's the MVP. He's the, of the MVP. Game. You know what I mean? Now I've heard that theory before, and I like that. And we're I feel like I feel like some one. people so, so they they couldn't have this. Oakland, Hood, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Cali. It was somebody Dude. up above. Like they wanted Russell Wilson. <laughs> Don't let the nigga score. Right, pass the ball. <laughs> oh yeah, let, if Russell. they would have let him score, Pete Carroll, his family would have been murdered or something. <laughs> they were like, sending the pictures of their faces. You know this wasn't supposed to happen. Zip look. ties around yeah. his hands. Like, He's sweating. <laughs> this, uh, this is what you, this is what we need you to do, Pete. If you don't do this, it's over. <laughs> So. Jenny's fingers were sending her pinky <laughs> Every, right now. The whole team was expecting him to run it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole team. The Patriots were in run defense. Well, you seen Richard Sherman's face at it all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, what? His face was priceless. Patriots were in run defense. They were They were hoping that they would. Yeah. That they would. Or no, they were in a. Yeah, they were hoping that they would. They were thinking they were going to run the ball. So, they weren't even expecting to pass. And then. Butler, though. But, you know, if you watch the whole stupid do-your-job, you know, whatever documentary. I mean, shout out to Butler, too, because he, he did his job. They were anticipating that. They were anticipating that because <laughs> he was getting burnt on that in practice. Like, they showed the tape. He kept getting beat by that. They were doing that exact play in practice, and he kept getting beat. And you see him right before that play, Brandon Browner kind of gives him, like, a little pat. Like, hey, go inside. We've seen him do this shit before, like – just in case. And sure enough, he hikes the ball. He sees him cock his arm back, and he darts in. Damn. I mean, yep. but I, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day talking about this exact situation. They're saying sometimes, just like in, in the Texans game where they decided to go for it and run that fake punt and they got stopped, just like this where they pass the ball instead of running the ball, data and analytics and all that shit make, make you know, they definitely matter. But sometimes somebody just makes a play. 
You know, Butler just fucking made a play. Made a play yep. That Chiefs dude that jumped off the line and tackled Justin Reed, he made a play. Because he had nothing but field in front of him. But he saw him running back and forth. He read the play, and he made a play. So, it just sucks being on the losing side of that, though. You no, know? definitely. Because I was... I wanted the fucking Seahawks to win the game. I really did. Because, bro, shit could have been so much different. Can you imagine if they would have won? Two they, Super They could have, like, started a little dynasty. Yep. Brady you know? only has three. Mm-hmm. So, so much shit, like, would have happened in that game if they would have won, you know? The, the fucking Legion of Boom. Sliding doomed. doors. They dis- That was it right there. Look, they showed a clip from in this commercial right here. Yeah, that exactly. was the Brady footage right yeah, there. Yeah, so I was going history, man. Seahawks-Patriots game. We always sketched in history. So, I do want to point out how, talking about the shitty NFL media, how everybody was all on Mahomes' sack. But, and the other point I want to point out is how everybody seriously buried the run game and how, oh, it doesn't matter if you have a running back. But now you look at the teams that are left. The 49ers run the ball like run, crazy. Yeah. Titans. Run heavy. Derrick Henry. Run heavy. You know, the Ravens didn't make it beyond the last round, but they were right there, and they ran yeah. the ball all the time. It's just ebbs and flows. But I like that old school running the ball. I love that shit. Asked you, do, do, are you kind of rooting for the Titans? I'm definitely rooting, I'm rooting for, for the, the Titans. Titans. I'm rooting for the Titans, too. <laughs> and <laughs> at this point, I mean, look, I like the Niners. You know that from my childhood. I like Brady because I'm a Niners fan. Like, they always got their ass beat by the Rams when I started watching them, and Brady punched the Rams in the mouth twice now, you twice. know? Yep. So uh, I, I'll be sad, obviously, if the Niners lose. But I just, I, I'm maybe I'm a hater. I don't want to see the Chiefs win. Anybody else win? It, I'd be I like, kind of okay with it. I want to see either the Titans or the Chiefs win. Or Chiefs? I don't want to see Green Bay win. They, yeah, between yeah, the Green Bay, well, and part feel, of it, do you feel like San Fran or do you feel like if the Packers lose, that's it for Aaron Rodgers? Then they're gonna try like move on. I don't or, think so. No. I think he's still got a lot of time left. Um, and I mean, it's the first year with the new coach, yeah. Lafleur. So yeah. then maybe they think, okay, well, let's see if year two is better or something like that. Because I mean, they were pretty decent together. Rogers, he can still throw those darts, he, but he, it's he's, he's a little bit old, down. Man. He's an old man now. Yeah. I mean, people said sending about Tom, so I, I think I think but Tom is Tom. Yeah, Aaron still has because he was plus. You got to factor in he was injured all last year, so they're kind of like, oh, that was one yeah. year less of hits and possible concussion. So yeah, guarantee. And usually it's like this, the year back, you're when you're a hundred percent, you're not like you're not fully really healthy. Yeah, you're still recovering somewhat. So, Talking we'll talent wise, though. Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented quarterback that's ever played. Uh, that's, that's what people say. I mean, as far as arm talent, I don't see it yeah. personally. Who's your Who's your most talented quarterback of all time? Not necessarily best quarterback, most talented. Most talented of all time, uh, personally, probably Warren Moon. Warren Moon? Yes. It's a Hall of Famer. It's not a bad bad pick. I think he was very underrated, man. Like he did a lot for the Oilers. Shout out to the Oilers, man. You know what I'm saying? Titans or whatever. Like, I miss that fucking team. Like, if the Oilers are still being fucking Houston, oh, my gosh. Just so much, like, just cooler than Houston Texans. Remember when, uh, oh, boy, but he punched the nigga in the mouth on national TV? Uh, buddy, um, I forgot what team they were playing. But basically, they lost some shit, and he, like, he punched some dude in his fucking mouth. <laughs> like, I, I'll show you the footage. That shit was fucking hilarious. Like, that team was tough. That's the point I'm yeah. making. Like they were oh, tough yeah. as shit, all the way from GM to everybody. You know. Speaking so. of funny, uh, crazy violence or whatever, funny clips. 
There was a uh, do y'all y'all know Deacon Jones? Yeah, yeah. Deacon Jones. So classic Rams. Oh yeah, I remember uh, oh, yeah, Deacon Jones. Pass rusher, just like you know, yeah, it's all time Hall pass Famer. rush, right? Hmm. And they had some clip on a, one of those NFL Network shows, Countdown to some sorts. And he was talking about like his famous like head slap. Because, you know, now it's banned, but back in the day, you used to be able to just slap the shit out of somebody's head. You know, so he used to always say, the head slap is a great move. And he's like, the reason why is because when you hit a man... Or a woman with a head slap, they hesitate. And like he just threw it in there like, no big deal. Oh, and he was like, wait, wait, what? This was Deacon Jones. This was probably like 05 or something like that. So, I mean, this is like you couldn't have that interview in 2020. Yeah. He played back in the 70s, yeah, I think. that would have been a rap. But the way he said it is when you hit a man or, or a woman, woman with a slap. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it was like, wait, wait, pause. Let's go back to that. But, uh, nah, I mean, the NFL, though, I think is in a good spot. NBA, a lot of parody in the NBA. Yeah. I think that's in I a mean, good spot. Yeah, they're they're right, dubbed it a year, the duos. Wait, so. The NBA, to me, is turning into a um, NBA jam. Something, like a, almost like a reality show, it seems like. It's always mm-hmm. some drama, you know. People well, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the product tra- is, trade GMs are getting more um, creative in the way yeah. they in the way they acquire players. It's not like like teams are starting to realize you don't necessarily have to draft well. And like as long as you're an attractive city, you can throw like yeah. Daryl Morey approach. Throw out hella pick. I mean, they were willing to offer five picks last year for Jimmy Butler. They were like, hey, we'll give you all five first round picks for Jimmy. Like now they're like, hey, screw it. Like how how many of these first round picks really translate into great players? It's only one or two in each draft. So yeah, it's like, why, instead of taking that risk at the number 25 pick, hoping you get a Chandler Parsons and he stays healthy, why not say yeah. scratch that, screw, you know, going with a decent, you know, 20, you know, 20 round, I mean, pick number 20 guy and just throwing him away for an actual proven player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an established player, yeah. That makes sense. You always want to have, you know, somebody that has experience. Like you said, a draft pick is not always going to – Pan you know, out, result yeah. of you know something yeah. good, you know. So. Well, that's why it's, it's I, I didn't really it's understand to defend the Cowboys a little bit. I didn't understand why so many people were critical of them for making that uh, the the Raiders receiver. Oh, oh Amari. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yeah, they were so critical. Oh, they gave up a first rounder, but I'm like, hey, if your first rounder, best case scenario, is used on a receiver. Hey, best case scenario, it's Amari Cooper. Well, his best bet, no, you know? He's nice, yeah. he's nice. So that one worked out. I didn't understand why people were so quick to, to judge them. That's because they didn't feel like Amari was, like, that good. Right. You know what I mean? You got He was on the fucking Raiders. Yeah. And, and I, I think I, he was coming like, off of an injury, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think GMs and people are starting to realize that, um, like you said, uh, Gary, uh, draft picks, it really doesn't – it really don't even matter no more. Right. You can get drafted in the first, second round, but that don't mean nothing, you know. Brady was drafted in like the sixth round or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. number one ninety nine. So it's all about you. Antonio Brown was drafted like. You know, I, don't I know mean, I mean, Alvin, I mean, Alvin Kamara. I mean, oh, yeah. shit, he was a fourth round pick. So you know, it Beast. doesn't matter, you know. So those draft picks, D- like you said, DJ you got to be a good evaluator of yeah. talent. DK Metcalf is good. DK, yeah, DK Metcalf, like I feel I like, like DK he Metcalf. was a fucking steal. Yeah. Well, he was also, a combine somebody else hero. Also, somebody else in the NBA who was a steal. I feel a Taco. 
Taco, Taco Fall. Like, yeah, he's going to be fucking Fall. nice. Taco mm-hmm. Fall. I haven't really nice. watched him, so I don't know. He's going to be nice. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't even really played yet, but yeah. yeah. He's, nice. he's got like he's that Manu Bowl build. He's in the G League now. He's got that Manu Bowl build. You can see how you're trying to develop him. The fans already love him, too. They fucking change his name all the time. I think they like him because of his name. So... Yeah, probably. So, probably last topic I got in mind that I want to get to. We haven't talked about them yet. The Houston Asterisks. Uh, Asterisks. <laughs> How do y'all feel about the, all the drama around what the up? Houston Asterisks? For one, what do you tell somebody if they say that they feel that the... Uh, the pennant should be taken? Or that it's a illegitimate or it's an asterisk change? What happened? I, I don't really know. Like, I kind of like heard like they were like stealing signs or cheating or something, but I don't really know... So they they orchestrated like a full on system to like bang ba- uh, trash cans to signal when there were certain pitches coming based on reading the signs. And there were rumors that players had like buzzers on them, and they were like buzz them for like, hey, Not a fastball is coming, we're gonna buzz you. So there's a the you know walk off home run that Altuve hits off of Chapman. Right after he hits it, Chapman's kind of smirking. And to the, you know, casual fan, you're like, why the fuck is he laughing? You just blew the game. The series is over. We're out. People are now saying, well, maybe he knew, like, these motherfuckers knew what pitch I was going to throw. They read my sign. It was kind of like that smirk. And then you see when Altuve's rounding the bases, he's, like, saying something about don't take my shirt off. Don't take my shirt off or whatever he's saying. I, you know, like steroids give you strength. You still have yeah. to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you know what the pitch is that's coming, it becomes that it becomes much easier to hit. And but, what's, but really damning, yeah. what's really damning, what's really – there's a lot of proof, and they haven't really denied yeah. much of anything. Um, but what's really damning are the home and away splits. Mm. So it only happened when they were at home because they had their you know home camera guy doing the recording – and, I mean, it's like a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. With, like, the star players, it's like when they're at home, their batting average was like 400. When they're on the road, yeah. it was like 200. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm just throwing, like, just casual numbers out there, but it was a night and yeah. day difference. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's where it's kind of like, ooh, yeah. you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to deny all that. <sighs> Man, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so, are, so, are they talking about, like – Penalizing players or something or what? So they suspended the manager Astros and manager and GM. They fired him? Well, and then the owner fired him as a result. The ripple effect, so the Astros had Alex Cora as like an assistant manager. Wait, you said the owner fired him? Owner fired him. How the I owner go G-Man. act? Well, he was, I guess, he had unbeknownst. Idea, but he had, I think he just had to. I he guess. knew, but once, once, once word gets out, you kind of have no choice, like. Well, yeah. so the guy that was the mastermind was Alex Cora, who was like the uh, assistant manager or something like that. He now is the He's Red Sox the manager. manager. They fired him. At the time, Carlos Beltran was an Astros player. He was like <clears throat> one of the, I guess, big players that were involved in it. And uh, he just got hired on as the Mets manager. They fired him. Like nobody wants to come near this scandal. Everybody's staying as distant as they can. It was funny, me being a Yankees fan, I could always point to like, hey, well, 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 Yankees you, are attached on any exactly. of this shit. Well, yet. how do you feel about uh, guys like uh, Fires, like Mike Fires coming out, like just snitching like that? It's kind of like, corny. What do you say? Well, so uh, 
I want to say uh, he, he like pretty much you know he, he played for the Astros that year, and then out of out of the blue he just kind of like yeah like it happened like you know they're cheaters. He kind of like, but it's like dude you were part of the team like come on. There's a code I feel like you got to kind of respect. Yeah, yeah. Huh. sorry. You got to respect like your colleagues, like your mm. teammates, your boys. And that puts like a lot of yeah. bad press on them. So I feel like him outing them like that is him kind of breaking the code. No, but it's like, bro code. it's like how are you going to snitch after you've seen it all and you were in the middle of it? Well, my thing is like if it was that outright like in the public, you're either naive or incredibly arrogant to think that nobody's ever going to pick up on it or that it's never going to come out. You know, and apparently AJ Hinch, Astros manager at the time was against it and tried to disrupt the equipment or something like that. But the criticism of him is why did he never just say, "Hey, we're not doing this." Yeah. They would have listened if he said, "Hey, we are not doing this." But he never actually said that. So, I don't know. I mean, the stats if you look at them are kind of damning, like I said. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think there's I don't think you illegitimize a championship, you know, but it is it's funny cuz my dad is such a conspiracy theorist too. And he's just, oh, something's fishy. And I used to always laugh and say, why is it in the Major League, Major League Baseball's interest to make the Astros the yeah, best team? Yeah. Like, what, where, where, what is this on? Like, mm-hmm. on what basis? Yeah, when just a few years ago, they were the worst Laughing team in the stock. league. Yeah. Well, then it's okay. They actually cheated. That's yeah. actually a different story. But he feels so justified in that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. Because yeah. all it, 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 it was, yeah. it was, I mean, it was, it was, they still had one of the best farm systems to the point where other Teams like the Cardinals had to cheat and figure out what we were doing. I mean, right. people forget the previous scandal yeah. was on the cards because what they did, what they did, was they pretty much hacked. They hacked into the Astros. That's right. Scouting reports and all of our in our database to figure out okay, who are they, who are they drafting? Who are you know like what are they doing in their farm system or pretty much like G League to make their players better? So it's yeah, wild. It's, yeah, everybody cheats. Well, and then you have the Osuna thing. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Of course, picking up Osuna. That, I premise the Astros have been involved in the past three scandals in a way. Yeah, so as soon as he had his domestic violence mm-hmm. scandal. Uh, but <laughs> this is where the real scandal come in. So the Astros got him. You know, he's got scarlet letter to a certain extent, whatever. Mm-hmm. But where the real scandal comes in is after the Astros knock off the Yankees, the assistant GM, Topman, I forget his first name, oh, that's right. Made a little was kind of taunting slur. like women journalists. So they would often report against Osuna and say, like, oh, you know, he's a domestic violence, a name attached to domestic violence, like they shouldn't support him. People would frequently tweet out, like, the domestic uh, violence hotline number anytime he would play, according to Tobman, at least. So after the Astros win, he's like, thank God we got Osuna. Thank fucking God we got Osuna. And he kept chanting that, like yelling that at that female reporter. And the funny thing is Osuna gave up a two-run home run and actually almost lost the game for the Astros. So there was no context to what he was saying. He was literally just taunting the female reporter. So there's a lot of bad buzz around the Astros right now. So it's kind of an interesting time to be a Houstonian. Like it's always an interesting time to be a Houstonian. Nobody and, ever and, gives and you I some said, love. It, it happened the, the week. It happened yeah. the week after. Well, I mean, shit, the same week. I mean, right, I mean, the Texans just blew that lead, so it was just a bad taste all around. Yeah, and now we're sitting here watching the Rockets getting their lunch without eaten by Anthony the Lakers. Davis. <laughs> this shit yep. is embarrassing, man. Yeah. This is what frustrates me about the Rockets, man. Like, I, I don't get. I really don't understand this. You know, 
Like, come on, man. I mean, they're playing a good team, though. So I get that. You know what I mean? But, like, like Gary was saying, we want to play them at their best. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah. we're going to see them in the playoffs, hopefully. And, like, you, everybody's not in the game for the Lakers, so you have an advantage right now. We Everybody that we have is healthy right now, you know? So that's why I'm frustrated. But you're yeah. right. I mean, it's a good team, but it just, it just frustrates me. That's all. We'll see where they're at later this year. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of basketball, so. So, closing in on an hour and a half, I'm on the home stretch. Any any other topics, gripes, y'all y'all have had on your minds lately? Uh, I mean, I, I think there was definitely Houston sports heavy, but after a tough week <laughs> like this. We, we kind of need yeah, it. I, yeah, I think we needed a vent. So. Jack, any final parting words for you? Uh, nah, um, I didn't think this was all going to be about sports. <laughs> it kind of just came out to yeah, be all yeah, sports, yeah. right? Some other topic, but I mean, it's all good. I think it was good stuff that we said. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, man, I just want to say 2020, you know, new decade. Start really doing what you want to do, man, in life. You know what I'm saying? To make you better, to make you happy in all regards, like work, females, relationship, friends, like whatever. Like, do what's going to make you happy, you know, at all times. So, that's all I got to mm-hmm. say. Hey, check out the other podcast, Play It By Ear, also on the network. Been doing some listen party pods, listening along with some music, giving our commentary on it. Check us out on Twitter at Podcast At Me. Check us out on Instagram at The Rep Network. Follow on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Yada, yada, yada. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out next week. Next week. Peace. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. You know what this is. We'll play it by ear. Play it by ear. We got the Yeezus Listen Party. What's up? You know, you got me once again, Jock. So we, we got Jock in the house. We're giving some of our, you know, thoughts on this this whole album, Yeezus. So let's get we it started. We got Mikey in the house. Mikey's not a fan. Yep. <laughs> He's just this trash. Like, what is this garbage playing right now? But okay, so I want to talk about this song for a little bit, right? Yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about this song. On sight. This is one of my like on sight least favorite tracks when I first heard this shit. Because it was so different and so just like upbeat and pace. Until so, like I researched it more and figured out like the why behind it. This track is supposed to be the last track actually. But he switched it up and said, you know what? I'm gonna throw this first just to like kind of like to uplift that whole tempo, right? Yeah, and just to kind of do something random too. Like, you know what? I'm gonna, cause Kanye's very like unorthodox, unorthodox. Like, you right. know what? I'm gonna throw this out there. So when they hear it play this shit, it's like, oh shit, like, it's yeah, gonna man. like really wake you up and like, okay, what the fuck is this shit? I think and it was I'm more, it more of a time. I think it was more of a, I'm putting this song first to let y'all know how I'm feeling and what this album represents. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like that's what he was doing that for. Well, yeah, and then, this, and like this is how I, this is how this is the music I feel. Yeah, and he had a lot of like turns in the song, like you know, like way more than previous albums. Like he always kind of has like this, like the turn, like in the beat. But he used that a lot throughout this album. But like at first, you were like, "This sucks," you know. This you beat that, was right, actually yo? sampled by Daft Punk, right? I think it's a Daft Punk. Probably Somebody so. in that crew helped them uh, produce this beat, man. But I love this song. I love it now. I it's do too. Dope. I like you know so. Most people don't like this album because it is kind of that over-the-top, overproduced, you know, wow, wow, you know, like kind of... Distorted. Distorted, yes. Very good way to word it. But like Mikey said, you're right. 
he did this shit because he was dealing with a lot of shit during this time. So like, you yeah. know what? This is a random ass, just emotions. I want that to be first instead of last. So like, you can see like it's like an abstract piece of art. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love the album. At first, I was like, this shit sucks. Yeah, I had the too. same opinion everybody else had, but it grew on me over time in different ways. Like, I feel like I resonated most with this album uh, in times where I was just kind of like all over the place. You know, like, in a place where I'm just, like, emotional, like, man, fuck this right now. This is when this album really worked for me. Right, right. I mean, I agree, man. I agree. It's a good song. Now, Black Skinheads. This This song was kind of like, I love the message, like, what he's actually saying. But to me, it got overplayed on the radio, so I didn't, did. I didn't like it. When the commercials, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's better songs than the track to me. The commercials and the, uh, was it Wolf of Wall Street they used it? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm with you. It was like one the, of the, the singles. Yeah, and the, I liked it, but it I got really song, overplayed. My black skin. And the reason why. Um, I forgot about this album. I never, I, I never listened to this album. The reason why okay, I can relate. The listen part. I can relate to this song is because. As a black man, like I, I, I feel that shit. Like I know what he's talking about. As a dark skinned black man, like, like you said, came to see me in my black skin and shit like that. I, I, he knows what it is. Like I know I'm here because you know, y'all know I can. I'm talented musically. I can dance. Like when it comes to black people, it's either okay, you're an athlete, you're gonna be a musician, or it's always gonna be like the, the norm. You know what I'm saying? Like what they expect us to be. And Kanye was just playing off those words on this song. You know, so. Like, I'm really about to wild out on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Y- y'all, you know, I'm already locked up. I'm in a cage. You know, I'm mental slavery or whatever to these brands and all this shit. Like, okay, I'm really about to wild out on y'all. Like, let y'all know how I fucking feel. That's why I love this album, too, because, like, I feel like right now, this album was very Pac-ish to me in a, the regards of, like, him just, like, shedding light on, like, the black community and other shit. Like, he was really yeah. trying to, like, do different shit on this album. Like, he did not give a fuck. I mean, he went about the wrong way with the fashion shit because he, he was mad about that. But then he really got... <laughs> Like you know what? He really was. Yeah, yeah, you know. So now I'm like, ah, whatever. But I, I get his overall message with this song, you know. He, uh, he really came with it with this song, like the tempo, the energy. It was what this is way more upbeat, aggressive, you know, high energy than anything before this because he had college dropout, late registration, graduation. This came right after graduation, didn't it? Yes, it did come out the graduation. It's a completely different. Or no, it was uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was next. That was next. That was a, a great and album. Like that as was well. upbeat, but not like like this, this was, was like this was like very like pressure. edgy, very edgy, and like very I'm in your face. Yeah. When, yes. I, when I listen to this song, bro, remember I told you back in the day when we uh, how I see colors sometimes. I listen to songs like yeah. like different moods, like spectrums and shit. This is like a very like it's all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, from the first album, like, it's, it's so much different spectrums of, like, colors and shit. And so, that's why I fuck with it, too, man. He's not just in one realm. He's like, he's like I'm going to make a, a random album, but I'm going to talk about some shit that, like, I want to say is going to be uplifting to people. And, and this next song oh, is, man. like, very, this, like, this, uh, next song. this video is just, like, the black silhouettes. Yeah. All the, out, like, the videos for the songs of this album were, like, just out there like that, you know? Which th- w- I think this might have been the only one now that I think about it. No, and Bound Two, which come comes later on. So this song right here, actually, that's playing right now, it's called "I Am a God." 
Uh, yeah, first and foremost, this is my favorite song on the track. This shit got this me is so. My mo- favorite. This is mine too. This shit got me so motivated, bro. When I be driving to work or anywhere, yeah. I just get hyped, like because people got upset about Kanye with this song because they like, oh, he's trying to say that he's God and all this stuff. He's not saying it at all, like at all. In this song, he's saying he he's just, creating. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Each man that was actually like, if you believe in religion or whatever, we're made in God's image, right? So we're all gonna be God-like. Each and every one of us. We're all godlike. So, why did it go down? Okay, anyways. That, that, was, that was strange. It went down when I said that. We're all godlike. Okay, that was cool. But the point I'm making is, the point I'm making is, he's saying he is a guy just like the rest of us are. He's once again trying to uplift everybody. Especially being, yeah, turn this shit up. With my damn massage. Hurry up with my damn menage. Get the Porsche out the PM garage. Hey, um, I am a guy. I'm I remember the first time I heard this, I was hype. I was like, man, this this immediately hit for me. Like most of the album at first like didn't you. work for me. This album or this song immediately worked for me. And I understand like the the heat that he got for it. <clears throat> but he explained it like you said, you know, like he wanted this to allude to like the creation part. That God, you know, God creates. Just like, you know, Travis Scott, when he says, stop trying to be God, you know, God, what what is God? God creates. We create art. I feel like we're happiest when we create. Look, we're, we're creating podcasts right now. So that's what he's saying. He's creating these vibes, creating these genres, creating this mood, creating this music. That's what he kind of explained it as. I get that he's kind of pushing the envelope, but that's just what he always does. Yeah. You know? I mean, some things like the the struck by lightning and shit, like, you know, I don't really agree with that. You know, like you said, but right. overall, like, I like the feeling this song get, gave me. It's just, I felt empowered. And still to this day, when I listen to this shit, I feel empowered. Like, man, like, I'm going to conquer the day, you know? Well, and like I said, it's kind of his abstract album, right? And to that effect, Picasso was abstract. He eventually made. Life of Pablo, right? I don't Pablo agree with what he's saying too on this one. Like comparing himself to Jesus, like I'm close, like I'm a close high, like I don't agree with that. That part's a little bit much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like the point I'm making with uh-huh. the abstract part is that if you have abstract art, you have to go all the way. You have to be a hyperbole. You have to go a hundred. You can't go sixty. You go a hundred. You turn the dial all the way up. And like you said, this album's all about being in your face. It's him making that statement, you know. And like I said, he eventually made the life of Pablo Picasso. Picasso was one of those abstract artists that were just like, boom, in your face with the art. So I feel like that's what he was trying to kind of mimic with this album. But it was an interesting time, you know. This is post My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. You know, at this point, he's at his probably his fame peak. You know, this is when he starts dating uh, Kim K. So this is very different. You know, you had college dropout. You had late registration, graduation. Then you had um, 808s and heartbreak, right? Yeah. Oh, somebody fart. Or one of those. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I didn't catch any of that. No, nah, what the fuck? No, nah, I just smell like a, like a wood phone up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only thing. I don't know. It could be. Probably. It was just the segue to this song. 
Peak I water will, was only served to the fair skin. I will say this. I really Thought didn't. I had help. This song is hype, but I just didn't. Myself. This is usually one of the ones I would skip. But it didn't resonate for me as much. But it resonated for me. That's, I think I mean, you know why. Once again, I'm a black male sitting with two other black males. Here's the thing. Niggas. He was putting niggas on game to this song. Like, hey, y'all niggas enslaved to these brands and, like, yes. these cars and, like, this shit that really doesn't matter. I know because I'm on, I'm on the other side of that shit. Like, I see these motherfuckers don't care about you. You know, the Tommy Hilfiger's, the Versace, yeah. they don't want black people wearing their clothes. You know that, right? Because they say we, we will run it down. We'll make it look bad. Yeah. So, when it's higher fashion, they don't like us in our shit, like, at all. At all. But... The cool thing, though, we're the most fashionable. We can really, like, make shit, like, cool. We can look at fucking a fucking speck in a corner and just look at it. But the way we're looking at it, we make that shit cool and pop. So other people want to do that shit, too. Like, okay, he's doing it or they're doing it. I know the black people are cool, so I'm going to do it, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, straight up. So, yeah, man. Like, that's why I relate to this song because, like, I see what he's doing. The fact that he's doing it behind the fashion, I don't agree with that. I feel like he could have... Been saying this shit before then, but I respect it. You know what I'm saying? I see what it is. Sometimes you have to experience it and go through it, you know. And I guess he feels like he did. And you know, he made those controversial remarks when he said something like, "I feel slavery was a choice." You remember when he said that? Oh, of course. Yep. That stirred a lot of things up. But it's kind of like he was saying, like, you just gotta go for it. Go, go with what you believe in. It's controversial, and that's very heavy. You know, bold. Bold faced font way to say shit. Wow. You know. Can I say something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that um, Kanye, like especially like like songs like this, like this song, I feel like it's it's like a new version of like Tupac, but in a in not not in so much of a aggressive way. But still, like getting his message across, like in the same kind of way that Tupac did. You know? Oh yeah, I mean? exactly. I agree. But definitely agree. He's actually aggressive. Yeah. And aggressive in 1995 is way different from 2013 2000s, yep. when this came out. Yeah. You know, like that's a matter of 18 years. I mean, you're. I mean, look at look at what aggressive is now in 2020. It's so much different. So, I mean, I get, like, if you're making a bold statement, you're making a bold statement. And that's what a lot of this album is, him just coming out saying, like, a lot of crazy shit. But he believes in that shit. And it, it's, it's not even all that crazy. It, it's, it's just hyperbole. But it's really not even that much a hyper. Like, it's, in the metaphorical sense, you see exactly where he's coming from. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Facts, I feel you. But, yeah, so... Great song, man. Another great song. This is like my second favorite, actually. I know this is radio, too, but it's my favorite because of the shit he was saying and like how he was trying to uplift the black community because right. he was shut out. And he was told, stay in your fucking lane, black black man. You know what I'm saying? Stay in your lane. Don't try to like come over and cross over into this fashion world. And he was upset, so he's like, I'm going to expose y'all to some shit. I feel like this, it was a gift and a curse. It was a gift and a curse, this song. Yeah. A gift to us and a curse to like stuff that eventually happened in his life, you know, with his music career. Four tracks in, yeah, and this is this is when he started kind of morphing the way he put albums together, where they were shorter. Mm-hmm. 
This one was 10 tracks, 40 minutes. And this is actually one of my favorite tracks on here. Hold My Liquor. This is Chief Keef on, on the track. Yep. Yep. I just feel like anytime I felt like, you know, sometimes you drink and you're uplifted and you're happy. Then there are the other times you drink and you're just kind of feeling low. Mm-hmm. That's when this song really kind of struck. And there's so many like peaks and valleys of this song throughout. This is one that when I initially listened to it, I would kind of like skip through it. Now it's one that I always listen to. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I like the song because it's once again in your face. You Bitch, I'm back in my comb. You know what I mean? Like the way yeah. he's like, I'm in your fucking face. It's how I feel. I'm kicking your motherfucking couch. I'm, I'm fucking well, kicking doors down. The other part of the song is, you know, him kind of re-engaging with an ex. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think we can all at some point look at points in our lives where we've, we can connect. Corolla over five years we've been over. I think he's talking about a girlfriend, but also ex past like business one more hit ventures too. I think he's talking about fashion in this too. Oh yeah, yeah, and that and like all his it all songs, ties it's like together. a double entendre, you know. Mm-hmm. And a pussy is equal to like lust. these different lust and these different brands too. That he was trying to get, like, help him, you know, achieve his shit. But now look at him. Yeah. Look at Yeezys, man. That's like a number one And he's talking also shoot. about paparazzi in a sense. You love me when I'm hungover. You know, you love me when I'm fucked up, basically. Like, that's when they when they show him and shine. Because this is also the point of his career where his fame was at a peak, you know. He's with Kim Kardashian. Everybody's watching his every move. He's even, and, he's even on, a, on a show and shit more. Yeah. And that's and a lot. He's a more private, reserved person, you know? So, this is like the initial part of him saying, fuck the media, fuck the paparazzi, fuck the establishment. This is like the first like kind of revolutionary part of his work, I feel like. Because 808s was like a disruption in the, in the genre. Right. It was more of a melodic, you know, emotional hip-hop album. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was more like... Almost kind of like a like a rap Michael Jackson in a sense, you know, like a very yeah. poppy feel. Excellent album front to back. Yeah, larger than life. That's when he was at his that you know is largely considered his magnum opus. Yeah, yeah. Then this one comes out and it's like, yo, what is he going through? You know, that was the first thing everybody said. This is probably when he was diagnosed with what he's diagnosed with it probably started now or at least he was accepting it more i'm not, I'm not gonna say started because that takes a long time for stuff to build up right but um he was he was angry in this album he was angry he was mad you hear it in every fucking song but yeah. i fucking loved it i loved every fucking minute of it because when you're angry you're mad you're about your back against the wall that's when you make your best fucking work so, and the know? other part of that this really introduced travis scott to the hip-hop yeah because travis like, produced a lot of shit yep. like limelight you know, because he was a producer, like you said, on several tracks. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has that same feel to it, where it's that metal rap. Especially this almost. beat. Like, right now, how it's oh, about yeah. to, like, change. That's very... Travis, I can see that. Just all yep. over there, you know. For sure. 
I really do feel like people need to give it a, a another. No, listen. this song definitely grows on you, man. I hated it at first. For the whole album, really, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Like the whole album grows on you. I hated it at first, but now I can listen to every track. I like every track on this. I told you my favorites earlier, of course, but like every song is quality to me still. You know. This is one of my favorites. My favorite is probably I Am A God. Yep, that's mine But this too. one's up there. This one's up there. This part right here. I love it. This, It's very like spaceship, this astronaut, like, I don't know. It's dope. Very futuristic. Yeah. And some people were critical of that, but I actually like, like, I like the it too. sound. I you mean, know me? I like It's I like, unique. I like different and unique, so that's why I love this shit. Like, man, it's just dope. He, he was, like you said... Not trying to conform or like do the norm, you know. Yeah. I know it's not related at all, but I can give two shits about this fight. I just want to watch it to see McGregor lose. Actually, <laughs> so I've never been a big watching, McGregor fan. To begin we're also with. watching the uh, McGregor Cowboy Cerrone fight tonight, so. This is also a Cowboy Cerrone McGregor fight companion as we listen to Yeezus. I feel like McGregor is overhyped, man. But anyways, yeah, let's get back to... This is, if not my favorite, my second favorite behind uh, I Am A God. Like I was saying I'm earlier, Mike, this, this, is, this is the only like, main track I really listen to still off the album. Because like, I have so many new things in rotation that... This is like one of the most relatable tracks. Like right now, I find myself listening to more of a late registration. So I go, I go in ebbs and flows. So late registration is the most slept on Kanye West album of all time. That is the, maybe the most slept on rap album of all time. Because I understand like 808s and Heartbreaks is very is very niche. You either love it or hate it. I love it. That's my favorite work that he's put out. But I understand why that one's not, like, you know, a consensus pick. Same with Yeezus. I like Yeezus a lot. Maybe number two. But it's, you know, I understand it's very specific taste, right? Late Registration was beautiful front to back. We'll have to do a Late Registration listen party, too. Let's talk about this song, though. I this get song that, is... Let's focus on this. The ups and downs and this guy, what he's talking about. <laughs> I like the Caribbean. On February the 30th. No day, never. Yeah, ever. But never I, like this, I like this track here because the crossover with like Caribbean influence to this. Yeah. I love Caribbean music. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that he was able to, to blend this in with this. And talk about fucking a shout out Kim Kardashian or whoever he's talking about. I felt that shit because, like, you know, we all, I'm going to go home and fuck my girl, like, really good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm in that shit, you know? So we all. It's a relatable song. To everybody. To everybody. This is like that. And that's why this is the most repeatable song. I Am a God might be my favorite song on the album, but one time I'm good. This song, I can get, like, to this part, like, I need to run this shit back. Or I can get all the way to the end and say, I need to hear this shit again. Like, this is the most repeatable song of the album to me. Wet mouth. Yes, uh, see? This is my life, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's everybody's lives. We're all, we're all men, Asian. right? <laughs> Especially what? The Asian part. All I need was sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, you stupid. 
This is such a, a beautifully produced album. Alright, so in the last play by ear, we did an Astral World Listen Party and we introduced the Don Tolliver Award. The Don Tolliver Award was the best feature on the album. So the song Can't Say, Don Tolliver destroyed it, right? Best feature on the whole album, Enchants in my opinion. Who would you say won the Don Tolliver Award on the Yeezus album? Best feature throughout the album. There aren't many, but who would you say had the best feature on the album? Uh, me personally, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say Chief Keith. The reason why I say that is because he's a, a fellow, I'm not from Chicago, but I feel like Kanye was trying to like uplift him yeah. even more, like shed light on him by putting him on his album. So I think that's pretty dope of Kanye to do. That one is definitely pretty high up there. I think uh, mine might be Uncle Charlie Wilson. Oh, I'm bound to. I'm yeah, bound to. Yeah, that was that's that's very subtle. That was very low key. <laughs> it was. We didn't think the third Charlie. Know. Was, he killed we'll it, get into yeah. that one when it Charlie comes on. It's it's close lucky. between them two. Okay. Because Chief was like, you didn't expect him to throw him on that track. I didn't. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Me neither. But your but Caribbean those are two cat here too. Completely different songs though. You know. What oh I mean? yeah. So I feel like it's hard to kind of say. Which one is better based off of just yeah. the, the like the melody yeah. and like the two energy. different vibes? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like one is like kind of like low and aggressive, and another one is like high and like well, pure. You know what I mean? And that's the interesting thing about this album. Like the first half, we just listened to the first half, very high pace, in your face, aggressive. The second half is more like this, more of that like smooth, easier listening. But this song is one of the better this songs. This song is one of the too. most popular songs I feel from everybody really fucked with this song. Yes. Once it goes, it gets you hype. And then the sample, fuck them other niggas because I ride for my Like, people can relate to that, especially if you're from well, like, you know the, those areas, you know? The one in the background, what she's talking about, right? Hanging from the trees. I know. It I just, know, trust I, me. I, I, always, I know. And I, know. I think this is one of the Travis Scott uh, songs on the album. If not this one, then it's the next one. Yeah, honestly, but, I, I think that's why it became easy to be a Travis Scott fan. You, like, I mean, before this, it was like what? Um, Alpha, uh, Alpha, yeah, Al yeah. And then out of nowhere, you hear this. It's like, oh, shit, he actually has some good production. And then next thing you know is uh, Days Before Days Rodeo. Rodeo. So, yeah, like that was one like. the greatest like mixtapes from Travis. Yeah. That needs to be the, the next player by ear. Ro- um, yeah, days before it was perfect. Oh yeah, this is another one of those songs that goes all over the place. And this song, I'm gonna be real with you, it kind of hit home for me because back in high school, we had a step team, right? And we used to step to like beats similar to that. Fuck the mother, like we had a step to that beat. So it just reminds me of, like when I was young, yeah, dancing off to this song, you know. So that, that's why it hits home for me. You know, like, this really shows the range of Kanye. Because this doesn't sound anything like College Dropout. It doesn't sound shit like Jesus is King. It doesn't sound anything like Life of Pablo, 808's a Heartbreak. He's had so many different sounds. But I, I've liked most of the sounds. I would say, looking back, my least favorite was probably Life of Pablo. There were my even my some, least favorite probably was Ye. There were actually some tracks on Ye that I liked, but, like... I don't know. Like those are definitely the the bottom two. I like Jesus is King, but this album might be two or three for me. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. Back to the no, yeah, fuck the mother, and he gave homage 
to where this shit comes from, you know? Yes. And if you, you know, you, you're not from the suburbs, you're from the hood, he did this for hood niggas too, I feel, in a, in a way, if you think about the shit. Yeah. So you're trying to relate to everybody, like, you know, this album had a little bit of everything. I got some EDM shit in the first track. I have this on uh, reggae shit on this track, and I'm going to have some, like, some shit for my hood niggas too with this beat. Yeah. It's, a, it's an iconic song, you know? Oh, yeah. Or beat. And this so. is very much like one that you would hear at a club. Yeah, this song it was meant to get you rowdy. That's the whole point. Like, you know, Alpha stepped to this song. Fraternity stepped to this song, bro. You know, so it's he's doing he's he's it's a lot of messages with this, you know. You know, it's funny too. Like, you listen to hip hop from like the eighties. Or like the 90s Think about like The Chronic Right Dr. Dre That doesn't even sound like The same genre as this You know But that But that just gives you A perspective of how 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 Big the The, the spectrum is Yeah For just creativity And different Like different Opposite ends But still on the same line You know what I mean Like Hip hop is like is. So Like it's It's all in the subgenres, You know Yeah like, this almost like that metal, like, if there was, like, a metal hip-hop, that's kind of, like, what a lot of these songs would fall into, you know? Then you have, like, the smooth, easy listening. You got, like, the Migos, which would be, like, the pop rap. Yeah, pop, yeah. Pop rap. The other part, too, that's so much different is, uh... You know, like the beats would be pretty basic. In oh, which ones? Older, just older hip hop. Oh. Usually yeah. have one sound throughout, and maybe like the chorus might introduce a different chord or something like that. But like each of these songs, two, three, or four different distinct beats within one song. You know, this is nothing like like this is like the beginning, but that middle na 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 like. That didn't even sound like the same song that we first listened to, you know? Yeah, this song originated this beat from uh, New Orleans, Magnolia. That's why he said, gotta take it back to Noya. That's, that's Magnolia. A lot of music originates from New Orleans, or just the South, period. Ja- like a jazzy sound? Yep. But if you're, you're from the South, you you know what it is, you know? So. So I respect that because he's shouting out us, you know. If I'm picking nits, this is a long fucking song. It is a long. I'm like, wait, when's the next song coming on? You know? Yeah. The next song, the the, the popular one, with uh, starts with a B. I think the next one. Yeah, I think it is that one. Without looking, I think it might be uh, the Travis Scott produced one. Yeah. Uh, so this is the one that I think Travis Scott was on. I like this beat. I did too. It's almost like Tron. Yeah. I don't know if I like this song. I love. Oh shit, Cuddy was on this. I fucking forgot. God so, damn it. Blood on the Leaves and Guilt Trip, this one, I used to always skip when I first listened to the album. 
And I kind of rediscovered both of them together. And I guess it's because they're back to back. And I got like a, a renewed love for both of them. But I like them both in tandem. Mm-hmm. Can I change my pick for like feature? <laughs> I forgot Kid Cudi was on this album, on this song right here. Yeah. I was actually going to bring up the second half of this track, like probably being probably one of the top ones uh, as far as features. Guilt Trip's a yeah. good song. Yeah, Cudi's my favorite. Just, you know, when he hums, bro, it's just so iconic. Yeah. I feel that shit. Well, and this is another one of those kind of relatable songs, like listening to the words. But other than Cuddy and this and the beat, that's all I got for this song. You know, it's just kind of one of those melodic ones that I let play. Yeah. I really had nothing else to say about this song. Not that I, I hate it, but just you know, just the beat and Cuddy. That's pretty much it. I just like the chorus a lot. I like the just like the drums, like a heavy-handed drum. You know, also just going throughout the entire album. Like the entire album is just heavy with. It reminds that. you of like Africa, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So that's why I respect to he. He brought a lot of cultural stuff in this song because the shit starts from Africa. Music starts from Africa with the beats and drums and dancing. It's like and all that, that electric sound on top of that African. Just culture, yeah. You said, yeah, like those heavy drums. Yeah. There's your Cuddy feature. You said what? Yeah, Cuddy killed this If you love me so much, then why'd you let me go? I felt that shit. I was going through some shit when this song Yeah, and that's... And maybe that's like, bitch, how the fuck you gonna leave me? No, I'm fucking with you. But yeah. I think it's part of what it was. The first half of the album is in your face, fame... You know, like, on site, you know, it's, like, aggressive, confident, you know, I own the spotlight, I'm the fucking man. The second half of the album is very, like, insecure and, like, kind of, I don't want to say victim, but kind of vulnerable. It's a softer side. It's vulnerable. You know, blood on the leaves, guilt trip, you know, bound two is all about love, you know. All of the remaining tracks in the album are a little bit more of a vulnerable side, whereas the first half is all the confidence, over-ego. You know, sometimes Kanye will admit that he's, you know, got the ego just to kind of cover his insecurities. Yeah. And that, you know, the album very much mimics his personality at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, facts, man. I agree. But I think that's why it's like an underappreciated work. Because, you know, people just know, okay, there's blasphemy in this album. It's aggressive. You know, this is when he's dating Kim K. He's on opioids, possibly, either at this time or shortly thereafter. It's easy to dismiss its credibility. But when you actually listen to it, it kind of revolutionized sounds to a certain extent. With you, you know, you have the Travis Scott sound that comes from it. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this one. You know, you have... It it started that kind of a movement, but it's also got a lot of range, like I said earlier. I like this track because you can dance to it. Yes, yeah, Send It Up is one of the more It's a good just dance, like reggae, it's like grungy, reggae type vibe. It reminds me when I was in New York. Selfish. So I was in New York and I was in, uh, in Brooklyn and we went to this one club called Voodoo Bar or Voodoo Club. When you go inside, everybody just dancing and 
you know, it's a reggae spot yeah. once again. So yeah. people just grinding, dancing, sweating. It was a dope vibe, atmosphere. So it reminds me of that that grunge feel. You know, I just feel like this is like strobe lights blasting in my face, like in a crowd. It has, it has a, a feel like like the flat. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like dim lights, exactly. Just yeah. like a good little vibe. Yeah. Or like an open source, like, yeah. Or something. Right. And then this part that. Yep. Oh. How do you not like this production of all these songs? Throughout the album. It's fucking great. It's just, I, you know, this one was way more of Kanye showing off his skill with, like, his production value. You know, College Dropout, his first three... So the first three were kind of their own story arc. College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation. That one was more of him telling stories. There's some storytelling throughout this album, but it's way more the production value. It's more, you know, setting the vibes through the melody and through the beat as opposed to telling you the story to set the vibe. Right, right. I got you. Yeah, so it reminds me of the first time that I went to New York once again. It was a very iconic time. I was in Brooklyn in well, Bed-Stuy on a fucking roof watching the sun go up. You know what I'm saying? It's talking amongst the bonfire. And this song was a part of all this shit. You know, just my whole experience in New York. So it's just good moments, man. Good vibes. Yeah, shout out to New York, man. I got to get back out there. New York's a dope city. I do like New York. I want to go spend more time in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is very dope. It's very um, gentrified. I know it's even more gentrified now. You yeah. Know, so. But this yeah, is, man. you know, this is how you know this album was more about him flexing his production muscles, because every song is like a minute longer than it should be with just the beat playing, and then some shit like what's about to come up right here. Memories. Yeah. Memories. Memories like people do. But it's very like. It's purpose, purposeful. Yeah. He's, he does shit for, like, a reason. Like, I'm going to put this over here just to, like, tie it back to everything I'm talking about, you know? Right. So, I fuck with it. Forever and always. I may not agree with Kanye, like, everything that he does personally, but as far as music, fuck with this nigga. 100%. This is my least favorite song, actually. <laughs> this is one that I will admit. Yeah, because it's another radio banger, like... To me, I don't like a lot of the radio shit. I like the other hidden tracks on there because they have more value to me personally. This was cool about got tired of seeing the fucking Seth Rogen thing, which but was even, funny. But even now, this song is this, this song still is you know even though they played it on the radio. I'm not saying it sucks. It's just my least favorite. That's all. I mean, every song in there is good. I think this is one of my. favorites. I mean, a radio hit that you haven't heard in a while can kind of come back and yeah. make it good again. Just because radios don't play it no more. Yeah, they don't play it no more. Do y'all know where he sampled this this beat from? I knew, uh, yeah, but I, I forgot. Um, forgot. Uh, I forgot. I forgot what it was. So this is the last no, track. I'm, I'm about last to tell y'all actually right now. So this song is sampled by Ponderosa Twins Plus One. Also, fucking uh, Tyler, Tyler the Creator sampled the same beat too on his newest album. What song? Uh, it was the one where he was. The video when he was running. Boy is uh, a gun. Hold on, I thought. A boy I, is a gun. Which one? A boy is a gun. Yeah, cause cause in the boy is a gun. Man, uh, for me that that's on the original song. He just took a different part of it. Hey, that's why he shouted out Kanye like Kanye. I hope you like this one. Did it for you type shit. 
Hey, my Don Tolliver award goes to Charlie Wilson right here. Nobody. This one I felt. One good girl's worth a thousand bitches. That's I the best that line shit. on the album to me. Oh, for sure. Best line on the album. Because you know what? These hoes ain't shit out here. These hoes are for everybody. So if you truly got you a chick that's for you, a white whatever, hold on to that shit. Appreciate that. Because everybody won't have the ability to put up with you. You know what I'm saying? Or take you at your worst. So if you have somebody that's able to do that shit, hold on to them. So favorite song on the album. Mine is I Am A God. Close second is I'm In It. What about you? So my favorite song is going to be I Am A God. Second is going to be Send It Up. Send it up, okay. My favorite feature, Charlie Wilson. Chief Keef is a close second, though. I bet. So my favorite is going to be Cuddy because you got the iconic hum. Hmm. You know, fuck with that. Second is going to be Chief Keef because it was something like I didn't expect. Where's this one ranked for you on Kanye's all time? To me, it's his second. I've got 808s, Yeezus, and then late registration. To me, it's, it's number three. So first is 808s. Second is late registration. That was the first time I really started fucking with Kanye. And the first Kanye album that I actually bought myself. Like I heard him say when I heard that, like that would put me on. That's what put me on it everything. And then this one, it's because it was a moment in my life where I was trying to step outside my comfort zone with different, you know, fashion things or pro black things or whatever you may have it. So they all like, oh, they are very personal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I can relate to him in a personal way, so that's why I chose him in that order that I chose him. So, that'll be the uh, the rap of Play It By Ear. Yeezus, Listen Party. And just like that, we got McGregor and Cerrone. McGregor pulls away with the victory. <laughs> the companion. All right, y'all. Tune in. Find us on Twitter at Podcast It By Ear. On Instagram at The Rep Network. Make sure you also check out Don't At Me. Tune in next week for another listen party. Peace. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause.